chance, if you had a chance, you need to run licking split. You can't run because you're the baddest. Well, Rick Flair, you know what? I'm not a normal looking athlete myself. You know what I'm talking about? I've been in the years alive. It's a privilege and an honor to walk out with only Anderson, Lex Luger, and the Army tomorrow night. Motivation. No, I love you. I know he loves sugar. But I check my pocket. I don't have no donuts. I don't have no cheeseburger. I know you love sugar, but I ain't got none. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. And I'm saying, whoo, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, pal. I'm the man. Booking a match for the total package like Luger and Super Brawl? Super Saturday? What is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Super Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday? You don't lose faith in winners. And Ric Flair day in and day out. You every day of his life. Just keep winning and winning and winning. Ric Flair! New York City, Ric Flair! You're gonna find out what hard is all above. I do exactly what I want to do. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much. Make, make, make a, a big, delicious, delicious thing. I hate God. Hit the dog. Today, woo, I've got the star and profile like never before. You guys talk about being students of the game. I am the game, JR. I know you're expecting John Moxley to come running out or Rick Vaughn to come walking out in major league. I'm not sure which one. Mm, that'd be an interesting cameo. I mean, you know, Charlie Sheen comes walking out with the hair all fucked up and I, I don't know. I mean, it, it could happen. I really <laughs> didn't understand what this song. Obviously Tony Khan licensed that song for, uh, I'm probably going to get a copyright strike because of that, but, um, <laughs> Is that song for old John Moxley, and um, it doesn't fit. <laughs> well, you know, hey, as far as the Charlie Sheen thing goes, one likes Jack, one likes Coke. They're a pretty good tag team, actually. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can dig it. You know what? Maybe it is. I kind of, yeah. I kind of liked it. I will say honestly, like it, it, it does seem a little bit weird, but it doesn't seem completely out of his alley. 
But I mean, it's just one of those things. Tony Khan's even slap happy with the licensing. He just wants to, he wants to have his own little jukebox. I don't mind it. I kind of dig it. But then at the same time, it's like, what happens if these rights expire? Like you start having an issue later on, but that's five, 10, 15 years from now where you have to worry about, you know, stuff like that. But Having actual music is a little bit more fun, I think, than, you know, than standard in-house themes that people make, especially nowadays. A lot of them suck. I I like Moxley's in-house theme, actually, but for the most part, a lot of the in-house themes suck. That was kind of what made ECW so fun is everybody had their own theme that they didn't actually pay for the license, but they had it. Yeah, I mean, fucking Nirvana and shit was played. It was was just one of those things where, yeah, there was not... uh... Not uh, good night, buddy. Love you, kid. It was just one of those things, though, where I don't know. It did. It made it. So, all right. Say good night. Good night. There you go. Everyone heard that. Okay. <laughs> all right. There we go. Um, but yeah, it did. It, it definitely made ECW a lot of great songs being played. I mean, fucking, who's ever gonna forget? Um, you know, when Dreamer brought Sandman back, and the crowd was singing Metallica to him as he walked down to the fucking ring. Um, you know, pouring beers and people hitting themselves in the head with the cane and holy hell, great times, great times back then, man. But, uh, Hey, I am box, man. That is smart over there talking right there. Uh, this is dirt sheet dudes. Thanks everybody for joining us. Greatly appreciate it. I hope you're all doing well. Um, that, uh, yeah. Interesting song to play for, uh, for Moxley in my opinion. But um, I'm actually stalling to pull up the plugs here real quick. Well, real quick, as you're saying, as you were stalling, Dodge, you're saying that it's a nod to Onita. We're not going to try pronouncing his first name again. That was a fiasco last time. <laughs> but it's a good catch. And Moxley's into the whole deathmatch wrestling thing and a bit of a nod to him, an homage, if you will. All right. All right. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. That's fine. I mean, it's just, I mean, you see Moxley used to come out to this fucking heavy metal, and then it's like, Wild things, Baron. I mean, at least you use Sam Kinison's wild thing. Ooh, speaking of, George Carlin's birthday today. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, were he to still be alive, obviously, but it's well, his birthday today. I kind of figured that's what you meant, Mark. You didn't. didn't. <laughs> I feel like he'd appreciate that joke. Didn't have to explain the reference, but I appreciate it. Always appreciate it. Hey, Always. No worries. Always. No worries. Well, speaking of no worries, if you want to have no worries for the rest of your Sundays, then you should be listening to the High Marks. That's right. Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. High Marks, Cheeseman Mojo, and G-Wiz. Right over there, Mixer.com slash Metal Network. That's right. There's two T's in Mit. Metal Mit Network. Mixer.com slash Metal Network. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sundays. Check them out. And, of course, you got Bobby Anthem, Bobby Blades, the Inhumans over there on the Indian Experience. You're definitely going to want to go check them out. Pentagon every day is just saying, yes, there's UFOs. We don't know what the fuck they are. Just hold on to your hats, folks. They will be back. And, of course, the Everything Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Find them on all the usual podcast platforms and Blog Talk Radio. Go check them out over there, too. You can listen to them live. And, of course, Steve Milan sharing the show. Greatly appreciated, sir. Letterboxd, B-O-X-D.com slash Demon. Milan, put two L's in Milan. He's over there reviewing films. And you want to check him out. And if you want to check us out, you can get us on Anchor. You can get us on YouTube, Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, Player FM. Anywhere else you get podcasts. 
Yes, sir. Monday is 8.30 on the Metal Med Podcast Network on the Mixler Machine. Be sure to listen to Cheese on Sports with the Cheese Man. Sundays, 10.30 a.m. Also on the Metal Med Podcast Network on the Mixler Machine. The Modoc City Machine Guns with Mojo with Dirk. And last but never least, be sure to visit our friends at the Planet... This is the Planet Rack on Tour podcast. Bobby Anthem, Papa Dave, Sincere, and Yuck and Nasty. It was his birthday over the weekend. Happy birthday, Yuck. All 16 episodes are available for you, and be sure to subscribe for season two. There you go. All right. We got to get your mic fixed because the, uh, the rolling of the R's just doesn't come through like it, like it used to. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. It's a work in progress. I do have some of the cables. I just need the SLR, and we'll be good to go. Yeah, I have it in the kitchen i keep forgetting to grab it in the morning so i'm so fucking hung over um <laughs> been there been there it's all right well haven't had a drink since sunday so no not even not even tonight not even tonight been taking a break wife needed a break i needed a break i was so sick monday oh my god i had to go home and been there i just looked at my i don't know if i've ever actually had to go home oh I looked at my wife and I said, um, I think it's time for me to admit I'm just too old to drink like this anymore. <laughs> and get up in the morning. I could do it on the weekends, but getting up in the morning? No. Nope. No, no shots tonight, dogger. No, no, no. None, none, none. I promise. We don't even have any. We don't even have, like, I don't even have a beer in the house. No. She does not have shots. She has a baby in her hand. <laughs> I promise you, she does not have shots. <laughs> that was amazing timing, though. That as was, soon as you say that, the door opens. That was ridiculous timing. I was, just tell, I was just telling them we're not drinking, and they're like, yeah, cue the wife with shots, and here you walk in. Luckily, no shots. No shots, though. But uh, just a baby and a diaper change. It happens. Yeah, well, hopefully. Um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully so. All right. Um, I guess we can go ahead and get rolling here. Friday night, we decided to uh, do something a little not not different, something we had done before and said we were probably going to keep doing and didn't do. Started out with news. I think we're going to uh, think we're going to jump in and do that again tonight. Um, bunch of news and stuff to get into. Oh, night night, little girl. Okay. Uh, there is a bunch of uh, news and stuff to get into. Everyone just losing my train of thought tonight. And good news. And not really any bad news, but there is some funny news to get into. And we even have some, um, I guess the uh, Nick, uh, not I guess, the dark side of the ring for Nick Gage starts tomorrow. We got a few previews for that. Mm-hmm. A few little previews for that. So we got a bunch of stuff we can go ahead and get into. Smart, I guess uh, we said we wanted to start with a little bit of the touring news. And there's a little bit of touring news for uh, kind of every company a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we got a few. So I guess. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, AEW kind of kicked that off. And then there's been a little bit of rumors of uh, WWE following behind them mm-hmm. with what they want to do for their future. Um, AW put out a press release on their own website, so I'm going to assume that AllEliteWrestling.com is a uh, good source for news. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go ahead and cross my fingers on that, but it says, uh, after safely hosting 27 
live ticketed events throughout the past nine months at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. AEW is bringing the excitement of its flagship show, AEW Dynamite, to Miami, Austin, and Dallas this summer. AEW will become the first major wrestling promotion to safely return to a traveling schedule since March 2020. The dates for the live shows in Miami, Austin, and Dallas are Wednesday, July 7th in Miami, Wednesday, July 14th in Texas, and July 21st in Garland, Texas, the greater Dallas area. Yeah, that one is actually near me. I may be living out that way. Who knows at this point? Um, <laughs> I still got to the end of June to figure out where I'm going to be living. But uh, Garland is where I used to work, so not far. Not that far at all from me. So uh, that's where they were last time in in Garland. Nice, very nice. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and uh, let's see, tickets are going on, starting to go on sale Friday, May fourteenth. My mom's birthday is this Friday. Nice. Yeah, they start at eleven p.m. Eastern time, ten a.m. Central with AEW ticks, tix dot com. So there you go. Glad some. I'm, I'm glad they're getting back to it. And like I said, a, a, a few things. I mean, a, a lot of the shows are uh, starting to get back to it. Um, WWE is actually talking about having SummerSlam with a capacity crowd there. So I guess we'll see where they're gonna go for that and see if that pans out for them. But uh, AEW just fucking saying, "Fuck it, let's get back to it. Let uh, let's get some normal, you know, normalcy going on." Yeah, they're saying that it's supposed to be a Madison Square Garden SummerSlam. So they're going to, okay, there you go. Oh, that's right. You did post that. Yeah, it's uh, according to Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio, Madison Square Garden is under consideration for hosting this year's WWE SummerSlam. Monday, PW Insider reported that WWE's biggest summer pay-per-view is set for Sunday, August 22nd, with a location yet to be finalized. Last month, Sports Illustrated reported the plan was for SummerSlam to be held in front of a live crowd. The plan. That's right. That's the plan. Plans don't always work out. We all know that shit. Plans don't always work mm-hmm. out. We know that. They they may, and I would like to see it. And I, I, I that wrestle <clears throat> that uh WrestleMania we just had with fans was great to see. And then they bring us right back to this Thunderdome. Like I said, you know, the the night after it felt deflating after seeing the 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 liveliness of the fans, the crowd, the the, and then, oh look, screens. Yeah, yeah, it definitely felt a lot different, not for the better. It's it, I like the idea that they're sort of bringing the, the shows that they do decide, or you know, if rumors hold true, the shows that they're deciding to actually hold in front of fans, they're picking up or using the big venues that they have a history of using that you know has worked out well for them in the past, using the Madison Square Gardens, and then you know. Hopefully, some more other historic type arenas for the next shows that they plan on doing. They're probably going to end up doing the Royal Rumble at least, you know, in front of a mm-hmm. live crowd. Yeah, listen, if they just start doing the, you know, if this year they just get the big four in front of the live crowds, I guess that's something. But I think they need to start moving this up. Um, if you got AEW out there touring, you know, WWE is not going to let that shit go on for too long before they're right, right behind them. So. Right. And I mean, those are all th- th- those dates for AEW are all Wednesdays. Those are all you know uh, tapings of Dynamite. So I don't know. It's gonna be 
great to see what happens. I'm wondering what the capacity. I mean, if they could, it looks like they're going to states that are open full. I mean, Texas is full capacity. They had a the the, the Canelo fight was here full capacity, seventy five thousand fans, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, what they were saying on the Observer is basically that they're just going to comply with whatever like mandate ordinance, what have you, that's in whatever prospective town they're looking at being in so if it's like you know if they're requiring masks they're going to make people wear masks if it's x amount capacity they're going to follow that if it's full capacity they're going to do that whatever they can get away with essentially right well i mean yeah you have to you don't want to get shut down mid-show um that would i mean that'd be awesome tv but you know, i don't think you want that to, I, don't, I don't think your sponsors <laughs> would appreciate that very much um <laughs> yeah probably not probably not you got a point there yeah yeah you know just uh just thinking there, but um, when we talk AEW tonight, we'll be talking a little bit of double or nothing. And uh, I know this isn't live, but they will be letting a few movie theaters stream them. Actually, showbiz cinemas out here in Waxahachie, Texas, about an hour and a half from me here. Um, they've been showing movies not at full capacity, but they are able to go back to full capacity now. And they will be showing AEW Double or Nothing on May 30th. So there you go. They were showing, uh, by the way, if you stick around, if you are in the Texas area, you can check out uh, in June and July, The Goonies and Jaws 2 also. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, well, they they, they throw a bunch of, uh, pretty much they put on a bunch of uh, throwback movies and stuff like that. Um you know, they're doing all, I mean, but they are showing June 25th. They are showing Fast and Furious 9. Well, I like it. I like it with uh, old John Cena. That's right. Dom's brother. That's right. That's, That's right. right. We played the scene. It was exciting. It I was. High octane action. I actually will end up watching that. But uh, AEW <laughs> breaking into movie theaters. Not bad. Nice. Not bad. I like it. Um, I remember when uh, movie theaters used to stream WrestleMania. I don't think they uh, they do that anymore, do they? Not that I can think of. I remember that, too. They used to show it back in the day. It was like the first probably three or four, at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. I do remember that. But they do not anymore. They probably charge a shitload for that at this point. I remember back in the day, I don't know if they still do that. I think it might have been replaced with, like, UFC and stuff. But mm. they used to be, like, you know, you go to a bar and grill, like, a, a local place or even just, like, a Hooters or whatever. And they would have the pay-per-views on. Yeah, and now I, I guess when you do that, you have to pay, like, a like a $500 fee, which is why bars charge for it sometimes. You know, $5 at the door and shit like that so they can make their money back. Unless you're a, right. unless you're a busy bar and you know you're going to make that money back in booze and food. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know if that ballooned and that's why, but yeah, I pretty much every bar you go to here, they are showing UFC fights. Right. Yeah. That's, that's become obviously the big popular thing. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, you can go to a Chili's and then they're showing it here. Yeah. Just, uh, just sad to go to restaurants right now because they've, they kind of still have them corralled off because they can't get enough people to open them up fully. So right, so just kind of little 
a little sad to see the restaurants just kind of dying By off. As a, as a little bit of an aside to that, since you did bring up food, this is your fault, not mine. Did you hear that there's a chicken shortage? I did. I I, I have heard that. Um, well, I mean, Jesus Christ, it was a gas shortage yesterday, and look what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Still is. Well, no, kind of. I mean, they, they got the pipeline back. Right. On, but yeah, pipeline's People are back. still overbuying. Yeah, luckily I had a full tank and my wife had a full tank and I'm like, just stay away from the gas stations for like a, a week. <laughs> but yeah, the chicken shortage I had heard of and um, I'm not sure why or what happened. I don't know if it was a recall. Don't know. Right. But I have heard yeah, of it. So. Yeah. Get your chicken tenders and chicken sandwiches while you can, I guess. There you go. I got some drumsticks in the uh, in the freezer. Nice. Very nice. I'm going to keep them. I'm going to I got pallets at work. I got a gas can here. I'm going to I'm going to get some pallets together, a can of gas and some chicken and see if I can maybe uh maybe get a house with it. <laughs> I like the idea of bringing it back to barter system. Sounds good. <laughs> I mean, I'm uh I'm looking for a house. I'm sure someone needs gas, lumber, and, um, you know, chicken. Um, there, there you go. <laughs> Let's see what I can do here, man. I'm not going to lie. It's just the idea of a pallet full of fried chicken does really sort of speak to me in a way. <laughs> like, if you add a little bit of alcohol to that, that's, that's just it's a dream come true is what it is. Give maybe some rum. Uh, I mean, if I'm... Like, if I'm I had a pallet of beer staying here. It's not going anywhere. I mean, it's going to get drank. (laughs) True. Very true. That little break of mine would be over. Um, (laughs) Temporary sabbatical. Don't worry. Friday night, I'm going to have a few beers around the show. Very nice. Yeah. And then I'll, uh, then I'll, then I'll stop again for the weekend. But uh, the week, I guess I'm going to be a old man. Oh, I can only handle drinks on Fridays. (laughs) Gets me all loopy. Oh my god, I'm too old for this shit, Smark. Hey, you had a good run, I think, huh? Oish. Yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> it gives you gives you something to look forward to. The whole you know extra little extra fun for the weekend. I mean, my god, I'm not dead. But anyway, thanks. Um, <laughs> Why, you were the one that was making it sound like that I mean I get you I understand not being able to do What you once could I've, I I hit that wall pretty quickly hey. 20, 30 doesn't look like what 21 looked like Oh, wait till you hit 45 Oh I mean last year the hangovers weren't hitting me like this And now it's just like Oosh they're just not. They're just knocking me the fuck loopy lately. I'm just like, oh my god. I like. I spent. Mo- I spent most of Monday morning trying not to throw up at work. Um, at lunch. Uh, at lunch. As soon as I smelled the food, that was it. I went back to work and said, I I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> and they were We've like, We've all been there. Most yeah. of us have been there at least. Yeah, luckily there was a uh, a closed bank for me to pull over at. So <laughs> those poor people at SunTrust. Oh no, it was closed. It was a closed. It's a, a completely abandoned closed bank. Okay, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I got lucky. I got lucky there, and it was raining. So 
Oh yeah, it's been raining like all over the sun. It's been rained here a lot last couple of days. It's not only raining, but got cold here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about sixty here right now. Yeah, it was fifty. Like it. it was fifty-seven when uh when I came on in here, so it was a little chilly. I'm not happy with it. Um, not at all. Not at all. Luckily, my now office, here's you know, a look at the in your neck of the woods. Do what? I was trying to do my best, Al Roker. He's like, ah, oh, uh, now here's a look at your neck of the woods. Not fucking good, Al. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, Poor it, Al. It, it just sucks. I mean, it's fucking May, and you need to turn the heat on in the house. It's ridiculous. Oh, I love it. I love it. Jesus Christ, the stress is killing me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I real depressing real quick, huh? <laughs> so, I could hardly drink anymore, and I don't know where I'm going to live, and it's cold, and it's miserable, and I just... <sighs> yeah, folks, I have uh, I got a... I got a few things on my mind, but... Um, like I said, <laughs> this is my outlet, so you're going to get shit you may not want to hear. Um, but anyway, uh, NXT, uh, let's move on a little bit here. NXT TakeOver Smart, they have scheduled an in-your-house for June 13th. So that's what all these matches are building up to. There you go. There you go. There you and go. And it's going to be the triumphant return of one Todd Pettengill. Yes, you are correct. One more time, they're bringing old Petting Gill back to pet his gill. Mm. Now, do you think if you get him in a room with Michael Cole, like in the same place at the same time, does like a black hole happen? Do you ever see Time Cop when you when 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 literally you can't touch the like the same matter can't uh, occupy the same space? Yeah, I think I know what you're getting at. Yeah, I I, I think that's kind of how it is. Just two robots doing what they're told so well. Add John Cena to the mix, and my God, it's a friggin' it's it, it it's a it's a goddamn robotic absolute fest. <laughs> Is it time for robot fest again? It's Robo Fest. <laughs> I mean, I, I prefer robot. Sounds top. like a. You've got you coming up with all these like terrible theme like, <laughs> weeks and shows and nights. We had terrible. We had like old font night last week, and now it's Robot Fest. <laughs> it's, it's like kind of the worst event organizer of all time. Dude, Throwback Font Night was awesome, man. What are you talking about? That's true. And Comic Sans bobblehead. <laughs> I, I, I I didn't go that far. <laughs> I should. Yes. Have. Yes. Oh, I should have, but I, uh, I was really, I was, I was hung over Saturday. Um, <laughs> so that, that, that could also be a problem when you're hung over Saturday, hung over Sunday and hung over Monday. Maybe they build, maybe I can, I don't know. Let me experiment a little bit. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> break out the old lab code. I get you. Get get the Bunsen burners ablaze. Yeah, I uh, might have to, uh, might, uh, might see what a little few shots do tomorrow night. Let me see. Um, anyway, that, uh, yeah, back to In Your House. Like you said, Todd Pettengill coming on back, so that's going to be on June 13th. So a little something to look forward to. These shows are always good. NXT always delivers one hell of a fucking pay-per-view or special show, whatever you want to call them. So uh, this one, I'm sure it's a Sunday, June 13th. I'm sure this one will uh, deliver like all the others. Yes. 
So there we go. Where else do we go from here, Smart? Where else do we go from here? Um, We're talking NXT. Do you want to get into the rating for that real quick, or should we do that a little bit later? Why don't we get into the NXT rating? And I, uh, I have minimal, I, I don't know. You want to get into the NXT rating, talk NXT, then go back to news, or what do you want to do? We can do that, I guess. Have a little bit of a detour. Yeah, I don't have a ton. I mean, literally, I've got like a few notes for NXT. It's nothing uh, huge. So we can do that. Uh, go ahead with the uh, amazing NXT ratings. I mean, again, unopposed, another week. This is that month. Remember, I said we're going to give them, five, I believe we're at four weeks right now. So now we can start talking shit. So go ahead, Smart. All right. Well, here we go. I was gonna. I was gonna see if I could find the uh, what last week's numbers did, but this week it's, it's even more impressive because last week I believe they were hanging around somewhere in that seven hundred range. Well, this week we got six ninety seven, six hundred ninety seven thousand viewers, and a zero point one seven in the eighteen to forty nine demographic. So these numbers are just a plummeting. Yeah, and I don't get it, man. I mean, they're putting on really good shows. Um, I don't know. If... I have a theory. Oh, oh. And is it an Austin theory or just a theory? Mm. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to pose it, and then we okay. can determine whether or not it's worthy of an Austin theory. Okay. That the highest accolade one can possess. Um, any hoozles. I think I was thinking about that because I really enjoyed, but I, I didn't check the ratings, but I actually really enjoyed it. I was watching uh, NXT today, this afternoon, and I really enjoyed it. And I'm thinking the thing is maybe is that now that they've sort of started treating them a little bit more like they actually are their own brand and they're not so quick and eager to call up people. I wonder if that's having an effect because before people got used to seeing people kind of come and go and they were seeing who the next people to get shuffled in were, what they were going to do with them. It's like the roster has kind of, with a couple of couple of exceptions, kind of stayed a little bit static the last couple of months. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. That could definitely have something to do with it. It also could just be you've got Raw on Monday, and I know they were looking forward to that lead-in from Raw. Well, I mean, the lead-in is when you the show ends and then you go on. This is like a... This is the night after. This isn't a fucking lead-in. Fucking Triple H and his goddamn word salad bullshit. Uh, but maybe it's the fact that Raw is on Monday and no one really wants to jump back into wrestling on Tuesday. Maybe it's the fact that WWE has three shows of a week on television. Now, I know... I know. I actually said that to someone today, and you know what they came back with? And I really didn't have much of an argument for it. Well, Dick Wolf has like five shows on television a week. And I'm like, son of a bitch, you got me. You're right, he does. And they do very well. You, actually, maybe that has something to do with it, actually. Well, I mean, it all you know, combines. Because if you look at the average age of like the Raw viewers, they're usually in that same age of people who love CSI, Miami, and all of those kind of things. So that's why they're not getting the kind of views because Dick Wolf has a show on every day the way he's stealing their viewers. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, Dick Wolf is the law and order guy. Um, I think ah, I, I confused him. Believe he's behind all the Chicago shows too. Chicago PD, Chicago Med, Chicago uh, Fire, Fire Library, Municipal Building, <laughs> Chicago Town Hall coming to fucking Peacock Network. 
I do like the new Law and Order organized crime with uh, Chris Maloney. Stabler is back. It's uh, fucking. It's an intense show, man. Yeah. It's intense. Okay. It's in. It's it's worth it's and it's uh, it's on Hulu. Anyone who wants to uh, check it out, <clears throat> so uh, you can check it out over there on Hulu. But uh, maybe that's one of the facts. And literally, I mean, that is a good point. Those shows do great. But again, when you just have every night of the week jam packed. Now, those are also my only argument that I I thought of is well, those are one hour shows. Mm-hmm. You've got a three hour show and two two hour shows. Seven hours dedicated a week to wrestling. If you're an AEW fan. That's nine hours. If you're an Impact fan, what is that, an hour show, two hours? I don't know anymore. Two hours. Yeah, two hours. Oh, my God, dude. I, You can't do this. You mm-hmm. can't. It, and I mean, even more so, you start factoring in, you know, like Dark Side of the Ring is back. MLW just had their, like, season finale, but they have a weekly show. There's all kinds of different, there's a lot of content from a lot of different sources. You're right. There really is. There's so much shit coming back now, and TV and TV shows are making a comeback. Literally, they're making a comeback. Um, a lot of shows are coming, you know, restarting, coming back. Shows have been greenlit. I mean, Blue Bloods and all my cop shows have already been greenlit for season for a, a, a new season coming up. So shit's coming back, and. I don't know, man. I don't know what else is on on Tuesday nights that is fucking with this show. I don't know what Housewife show is on, but uh, something is taking viewers from NXT. People are not tuning in. I mean, they're they're just not. And this show is not bad. I mean, let's run it down a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I mean, just a few things. The beginning match was really good. You had the Theory versus Johnny Gargano. Uh, I'm sorry, Austin Theory versus Karrion Cross match. Um, you know, after the entrance, the look on Gargano and Austin Theory's face was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes, they both. They both did their best. Oof, face. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> exactly. It was. Mm-hmm. It was oh, good. I mean, we had Karrion Cross bringing out the heart punch. Staring at Gargano as he choked out, you know, an already pretty much limp and dead Austin Theory. But, I mean, I thought it was a great fucking match. I really did. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great opener. I thought from start to finish, this was a good show. Like I said, maybe putting on the Cruiserweight title at the end of the show might have been a bad move. Maybe they should have put the women's match at the end. They've been doing that a lot. Maybe they should have put that title at the end. I, I mean, both matches had, I mean, both retained. So I don't think that really would have been a big deal. Do you? No. I mean, that's it's an interesting thing to consider. I don't know, though, because obviously she's not there anymore. But like, I, I was remembering that the numbers when Rhea Ripley were champion or was champion the ratings which she had main events weren't doing really well. So maybe they're a little bit gun shy to put her put women's wrestling bag on the main event over there. I don't know if that's a factor or not, but who knows? I don't know. It could be. It could be. But I mean, you know, at one time, and I still think right now, NXT still has the best women's division. So 
That and that match definitely could have been a main event. That those sure. two, yeah, that 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 was a pay per view quality match. To be honest with you, with those two, in my opinion. Um, but uh, b- by the way, Gargano, loving that headband, smart. Oh yes, loving that. And headband. I enjoyed it as well. Yes, you enjoyed it too. Very nice. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. But uh, you know. The match was good. Which was also pretty great, too, because you had uh, Gargano barge into Regal's locker room and be like, dude, you, you hate me. What are you doing to me? And he's like, hey, I hate you. I had your own custom headband made. And he's <laughs> like, that's true. I do like the headband. And when Gargano went to throw the, he went to grab the knuckles and Regal was like, don't do that. Okay. Don't touch those. So he broke the, pe- broke the pencil. He broke Regal the pencil. looks down. And, and it's great because they pan out and they show a whole bucket full of pencils. You know, Regal's just sitting there like, what an idiot. Oh, man. But good stuff always from Gargano. It's, it's, he, it's, it's fun to watch him do all that. And then, you know, with all this, we get Finn Balor appearing behind uh, Karen Cross after the match like, like the Undertaker or something, just out of nowhere, they pan over and boom, there's Finn Balor, and they have a nice, you know, respectful discussion on a um, rematch, mm-hmm. right there in the ring, which is supposed to be a pretty intense little thing, but they just, it's like, hey, I'd like a rematch, and Karen Cross was like, I agree, I think we should do this, sir. He's a very cordial gentleman, this uh, Karrion Cross. So they ended up agreeing to that in a sense, and they announced that that's going to be next week. But they're going to be doing that. There you go. I want to see you, though. I want. I got a question for you in regards to the actual match itself that happened uh-huh. before that. We were talking about a little bit the Cross Theory match. Do you think this might be leading to a little bit of a potential face turn on the horizon for old Mr. Theory? Because there was a couple of things. Mm-hmm. He got a surprising amount of offense on, in for somebody who, I mean, he still took a beating. Don't get me wrong. But he got a surprising amount of offense in for somebody who's basically just supposed to be a dumb goon. And then there was a part in the match where he had Cross outside and the ref was already to nine. And like Cross wouldn't have gotten in on his own accord. Theory rolled out. I don't know if that was just a miscue or what. He'd save the match or if it was actually just like him trying to be a good sportsman or whatever. And then you, of course, had the match. Like you said, the match ended with Cross. He hit the uh, Sayudo suplex, hit the forearm to the back of the head and did the straitjacket submission. So he hit him with all three of his finishers to take out what should, again, just be your average goon. Trying to throw some sympathy on the guy. Mm-hmm. Ah, I see where you're going with this. And yeah, I do eventually see him uh, smartening up. And um, probably getting away from that group. I also see Indy Hartwell doing something with Loomis eventually. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that something is. You can use your imagination. Um, but uh, I, I see that group not lasting a, a, a very, very long time. So we'll see. We shall see. But I definitely see where uh, you can see where they uh, were trying to definitely put some th- uh, sympathy on them. I think you're 100% correct there. I do, I do. Um, I mean, after all that, we had the Brazongo versus MSK match. I mean, good match. I'm just not a fan of Brazongo. I kind of walked away during this match. 
Right, yeah. So basically, it was a matter of if Brazongo won, they would get a title match, and they did not win, so they do not get a title match. All right, so who gives a shit? Uh, now, we had this Pete Dunn came down there with Oni Lorcan versus Leon Ruff. This was pretty much just a, a mauling of Leon mm-hmm. Ruff. Pretty much a mauling. So much that the ref just stopped it. Pretty much like, yeah, that's about the he's dead. He's dead. Uh Dunn eventually came back for seconds on uh on Ruff, but it it really wasn't I mean Ruff got a little bit in, but not much. Not much. Right. Yeah, so he, he wanted to compete and Regal basically told him that because he keeps losing, he doesn't get a match. So hopefully <laughs> on Ruff it went ahead and accepted Pete Dunn's open challenge. He basically attacked him first. Right. And then Dunn kind of just went to town on him. So he kinda got what he deserved in a sense. But there you go. There was that. Yeah, I just realized I forgot my water. I'm going to have to go out and get it in a minute. That's fine. It won't take but a second. But I'll go out there in a second here. But um, And from there, we can go right into this. I, I Again, I didn't go everything by everything. I just got a couple more notes to get to here. Not really much more. The women's match, though. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I kind of felt this was a pay-per-view quality match. These girls went out there and wrecked each other. The spear from Mercedes Martinez... Onto the apron for uh, for Raquel. Oh man! I mean, Raquel didn't slam herself down, but it still looked good. It actually looked better from the angle that it was shown live. The replay angle actually looked a little worse from the backside there. Mm-hmm. But still, man, what a match between these two! I really enjoyed it. Um, Mercedes Martinez just looks. She comes to the ring and she just looks like she's been through it all and is ready to fucking kill you. Definitely. She looks Definitely. like she might have a razor blade in her fucking mouth. <laughs> oh, of course. And I mean, that's just for fun. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's her accessory of choice, if you will. It's her American Express, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, leaves home without it. I get you. Uh-huh. That's what I'm talking about. But uh, I, I, I'm glad Raquel ended up winning. I, I think she's been a I mean, we haven't seen much of her as champ, but I think taking the belt off her would have just been like a hot potato with the belt and not not a good thing to do at this point. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I feel like they got to be a little bit careful with how they've been doing her because they already had her lose two title matches because she was in the triple threat match at the pay-per-view that she lost with the... It was Mercedes, Tony Storm, and EO, and EO won that one, and then she ended up losing this one. So I feel like if they actually ever really do have any sort of plan to put the belt on her, they kind of have to be careful with how many times they have her losing these kind of high-pressure situation matches. But at the same time, she had a good showing. It wasn't like she was completely dominated and she looked like a total loser or a total joke out there. They it was a very competitive match. Like you said, it was a very good one, too. And I had expectations for it going in, and they were met. They were exceeded, too, to a certain degree. So all in all, thumbs up there on that one. Another thing we had, I don't know if chronologically speaking, but we had the sort of debut, the coming out party for old Hit Row. Mm-hmm. Think about that. I like this. I do. I think this is a really good character. And again, you know, you said and we said last week that they've been building up to this a little bit with you know him in the studio and this and that. But uh, we got a few new names. 
Um, Ashante of the Adonis is still that. We got B-Fab and Top Dollar. Mm-hmm. There you go. And Swerve is still still Swerve, but I just like the new attitude. Once again, he was just kind of coming to the ring, another just coming on down, smiling, having good matches, and bam. Fitting character. He plays it well. I think these three are really fitting in there. They got their... They got the muscle. They got the... Not that that girl isn't muscular. They got another muscular girl in there. They kind of got their Jade Cargill, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they got the other guy, which a little bit... You know, the, the other guy reminds me a little bit of a Santana character, just a little out there kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. It, it looked like... It, it kind of... I get a little bit of a vibe of, like, the old 90s rap the west coast it looked very much kind of like a homage a little bit to like death row records yeah with they were wearing all red so maybe not so much that element of it but just the whole idea of like the, the logo is a little bit reminiscent of it's, it's kind of a stylistic homage um and then just the whole idea of we they basically took turns sort of freestyling what their plans were, their intentions for their characters, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. And then you had Swerve talking about, you know, basically him just wanting to be more true to himself and not really caring so much about what people think and ditching the old, you know, whose house, Swerve's house, that catchphrase. So now he's his own person in all of this. And I was, I was, I was, the only thing I didn't like about it was I was hoping that they would have just one of them would just be like a regular ordinary name. Cause you got like, you got Swerve, you got P fab or B fab rather. And uh, top dollar, and then I was hoping there was somebody who would just be like Steve or Mike. <laughs> and this is Jeff. What? <laughs> like their accountant or whatever. Uh, hey, Mike. What I'm, the fuck? Okay. I mean, you could that would be perfect for fucking like Robert Stone. Mm. Just bring him in as like the Jerry Heller type or whatever, just their manager. Oh, there! Oh, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Ah, they're not going to do that, but because it no. Would, no, it would actually be poignant and good. Um, so, Smark, yes, your boy Cameron Grimes. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was at a uh, an auction site. This week around bidding on a house And what was great about this promo Was that there's an auctioneer and he's talking He's on this podium there's chairs lined up In front of him people doing the bidding There's a car behind him The entire time while he's Talking and setting up you know why everybody's Here and talking about the items that are up for bid And then as the bidding starts The car that has been there the entire Time the door opens and camera grabs Pops out he's like I'm doing an auction I'm Sign me up I'm down so it's like, why did you wait until like halfway through to just suddenly emerge? That was interesting. Uh, but yeah, so they they start bidding. He's putting up a lot of money for this house that's got this hot tub and jacuzzi and panoramic view that they're putting over. And yeah. suddenly there's a mysterious person that's continuously outbidding him. And of course, it turns out that is that dab gone, no good, blasted Ted DiBiase who... His, Cameron Grimes curses his name to the skies as he shakes his fist cartoonishly. Yeah, I mean, well, Ted did pay twenty million for a uh, a place. Um, that's a lot of money. Yes, it's a lot of money. When the bidding started at two million, Grimes brought it to eight, and 
Ted just goes, fuck it, 20. Yeah, I like this because it seemed like everybody thought that the, the obvious kind of plan was that Cameron Grimes was just going to be stupid with his money and he was going to end up blowing it. But like every week, he, like Ted DiBiase ends up overspending and like outbidding him on certain things. So he doesn't end up ever really, the last couple of weeks, he hasn't really ever spent any of his money. So he's like, he's still got all his money. And Ted, I don't know, look like they're going to set him up that he might be the one that ends up going into debt over this shit. I think maybe uh, well, Cameron Graham's going to hire Ted? Maybe. I mean, I'm hoping that that leads to something. Like, it's a question of, like, would he actually be willing to, for a month or two or however long they want to run this out for, actually be willing to show up and do the shows? But if he's doing these vignettes, that kind of indicates that he might be interested in that. Yeah. Maybe. And anytime I can see some Ted DiBiase on TV, I'm happy. I'm good with it. Jeez, Sasha Baron Corbin says, "Was that more than what he tried to sell his house for before his son got arrested?" Ouch! <laughs> Man, <laughs> awesome. I was unaware of that, but hey, there you go. Awesome, cruel motherfuckers in this chat room. God damn it! Man, have a heart, people. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey! All right. Speaking of, well, this ain't gonna go over good. Uh, anyway, let's just keep going. Uh, Oni Lorkin. <laughs> Comes out with Pete Dunn. Oni's going against Kyle O'Reilly. O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. Now, I like Kyle O'Reilly in the ring. I really do. I like his style. I like what he does. Front loading, yes. Go ahead. It's outside the ring. He just seems like such a little hipster douche. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you are not a fan of the uh, blue camo tights, then, is what you're saying. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. No. Not at all. Not at all. Now, listen, Lorkin's good in the ring, too. He's just bland otherwise to me. Really, there's nothing to the... I mean, what is it? What is, what is there? What 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 is he? Right. Yeah, I mean, and then they paired him up with another guy who is also bald, who also wears black tights, who also doesn't have a gimmick or personality. So, like, I... I just routinely would mix them up. So it's like the fact that there's only one of them right now makes it a lot easier to keep up with at least. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it a little, a little bit easier. I mean, they're they, again, interchangeable. It just, whatever. Um, O'Reilly did win the match Dunn and Lorkin attacked him. And, uh, of course here comes O'Reilly's dad is back. Bobby fish. Mm-hmm. He comes in, he clears the ring and they have a little thing. Hey, good to see you. And Fish is just like, I've got my own scores to settle. I'll see you when I see you. Mm-hmm. So they're not officially a tag team or reunited as a tag team as of yet, but we'll probably get there. I think eventually we'll get there down the road. But uh, it looks like they're going to try this Kyler Rally thing and they're kind of leaving Bobby Fish in the wings just in case this experiment starts to uh, implode on them. It could be, could be. I, I, I can't see this having legs, honestly, because like, like, like you said, Kyle O'Reilly is very talented in the ring, but just what is this cool Kyle character? Like, this, this is not something that sustains a like singles push of any sort of relevancy. Like, is cool Kyle like the a viable option to be carrying cross? Like, it just doesn't seem no likely. Cruiserweight title, maybe. Yeah, that could be it. I mean, they're they're trying to make that more and more relevant now. 
because I mean, before there was a long period where it was just kind of a joke title, but you had, you know, it was even featured in the main event of this show. So, yes, it was, and a hell of a main event it was between these two. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I mean, Kushida's great, but these guys got really good chemistry in the ring. Um, Escobar <laughs> going off the second rope, just dropping Kushida on the ropes. Um, Escobar gets the first pin and Kushida just grabs him, ties him up in an arm bar. I thought that was great. Um, just pretty much the whole match was just action, action, action with Kushida getting the win. But I, this match was really, really a good match in my opinion. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. One thing that stood out to me is I like, I like Santos Escobar's offense because he had he had Kushida in, in the ropes. He had him in the corner. And instead of doing like eight different like a flurry of eight different shots that look really bad, like eight really shitty looking punches like a lot of people tend to do, mm. he throws forearms. So he'll pull back, throw the forearm, pull back again and throw another forearm. And it actually looks a lot better than just a flurry of a bunch of punches that we know don't connect or don't look good at all. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, but I I don't know, man. That 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 match right there was just another one. You just couldn't take your fucking eyes off of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. It was a two out of three falls, like you said. Yep, it was really nice. I really enjoyed it. Very nice. <laughs> there was a little bit of a funny part though, because you have Kushida ends up winning. Obviously, he's posing on the top rope, and you have Santos Escobar, you know, on the on the ground on the floor below, looking dejected. And you have Kushida like victorious, celebrating, holding the belt up and whatnot. But they didn't cut away. The show didn't officially end until like two or three minutes into that. So Kushida just kind of ran out of ideas for things to do in terms of his celebration. And it like it started to get a little bit awkward. <laughs> he kept like just rubbing the belt and like looking at Santos. And he was like, we, we done yet or no? <laughs> Can the camera cut the fuck away or no? Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Well, that was uh, that was NXT. That was pretty much it. I got nothing else on NXT. Good show. I don't... It It's baffling. There's so many guesses we could make on why they're just not getting the, the, the viewership. And I, it just amazes me. Um, and I mean, when Raw is still getting, you know, like over a million, damn near two, then something's going on here. I don't know. I don't know. Again, I don't know what's on on Tuesdays. That's taking them out every two, every Tuesday. Now we need to look at that, I guess. Yeah, it's gotta be something. It's just, it's very odd. Cause it's just the quality of the show is not necessarily being reflected upon the rating. And I know that, you know, the ratings tend to be what happened the week before, not so much the actual show itself. But the last couple of weeks, I've really enjoyed NXT. I think the last couple of weeks, I'd say maybe two out of the last three weeks or so, I preferred it to even AEW. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what their problem is, <laughs> but they're trying. I mean, they're putting on some good shows. I've been enjoying them. Yeah, they are. They really are. They're they're, they're doing everything they can, but I don't know. I'm enjoying the shows, too. They're action-packed they're really good matches again i think right now nxt has the best women's division out there 
it's just for some reason not drawing again. I don't know if it's because maybe Raw wasn't the best thing for you because, like I said, three hours the night before, you want me to spend another two hours watching? I mean, come on, man. I got other shows to watch. Indeed. Indeed. There's all kinds of shows out there. Yeah. I mean, shit, I still got to catch up on fucking Law & Order SVU from two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm I'm just perpetually behind everybody else in terms of movies and TV shows. So I am on a uh, season two of Sons of Anarchy at the moment. I'm behind on nine one one too. So, mm, okay, yeah, my my mom likes that show quite a bit. That's a good show. Good show. Got I got to catch. Got a uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt in there. Yes. Yep. Her and Angela Bassett. Uh, it's a damn good show. I like that show. I watch it. It's on Hulu too. So, anyway, let's see. I'm trying to figure out if we should do a little more news. You know what? Let's ramp up to uh, Raw with a little bit of uh, of news, Smark. Um, I think you sent me this Randy Orton article here. Was it? Did you send me this, or did I send you this? Um, I did. I did send you one about Randy Orton. Um, go ahead and dig that up here real quick. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's actually right there. So all I had to do is click it. It is from Wrestling Inc., which is kind of where I get a lot of my things. Mm-hmm. But um, he's talking about Matt Riddle, and um, so he he talks about. I'll go ahead and read just it's the first two paragraphs, so it's not terribly long. But Orton spoke about his current partnership with Riddle, saying he believes in the young star and he feel and he feel. Why does nobody fucking proofread these things? Orton, <laughs> I'm, I'm reading it as is here. Orton spoke about his current partnership with Riddle, saying he believes in the young star and he feel that he's outshined everyone from his NXT class. The Viper also told the story of how he got off the wrong foot with Riddle after they first met. Quote, I think Riddle's going to do fantastic, Orton said. I think he's already outshined most of his little class of NXT that have come up over the last year. The funny thing with Riddle is when I first met him, the entire locker room of NXT was in Miami. So now our locker rooms are now jam-packed with NXT guys who aren't working the show, but in the wrestling business, you bring your gear just in case. We've got all these NXT guys with all their shit taking up the space in the locker room. So me being a vet decided to poop in their bags. No, <laughs> being around a while, I see this and now I already get got a hard on for these guys and it doesn't help when I walk by Matt Riddle. Quote, my olive branch was basically me just looking at Matt and I go, oh, there he is. There he is. Just kind of an icebreaker expecting a, oh, Randy, my name's Matt. Nice to meet you. But instead, Matt just kind of with bloodshot eyes glanced over at me and just kept walking. I remember thinking that motherfucker for quite a while. I didn't like Riddle and it was because of that little scenario. Ah, and then we see if we go on a couple of paragraphs. He does say, I love the guy now. Um, so obviously that is why he's doing this little thing with him. And once again, I think it's going to be the fact that they're talking about this and doing articles and shit like this gives me hope that we're going to see a lot more of this, uh, RK bro in the future. (laughs) As he also called the little segment with Oscar where he forgot his lines and just scooted away. One of the best things he's ever seen. He said that was some of the best shit I've ever seen. So Apparently, everybody really enjoyed him just flubbing up his lines and just admitting to it and then leaving in shame. Uh, they probably just, you know, sat there and 
Vince must have gone, that's good shit. Like, yeah, Vince, that's that's good shit. Why don't we all forget our lines and do that? But again, it fit the character. It fit the character. The stoner character. Like, dude, I was gonna and then where where were we? What happened? Yeah, it fits the character. I had no issues with it. We talked about it, obviously. But uh, like I said, the fact that they're doing these little stories and kind of got all this stuff going gives me hope that we're going to uh, to see a lot more of the RK bro coming on down the line here. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I could just imagine having Randy Orton having you in his sights to think you're a dick. Man. Riddle is lucky his bag didn't get shit in. <laughs> I was thinking, and I was also thinking, I was like, you know, based on your track record of uh, how you treat new people, I wouldn't be surprised if people were a little bit hesitant to introduce themselves to you. Yeah, you would think so. Just a little hesitant. You know, maybe I'm certainly not going to shake his hand. So <laughs> Definitely. No. No, definitely not going to shake his hand. Definitely not going to shake his hand. But, um... <laughs> so... All right, I guess we can uh, move on a little bit there. You know what? Let me jump into one real here, uh, real quick here. Now, again, we're kind of ramping up towards Raw a little bit. Now, WWE is uh, has announced that in two weeks, John Cena is coming back to Raw. Yeah, that's right. The champ is back, but. Is he coming back to wrestle? Dun, dun, dun. Not so sure. Uh, I'm looking at a little article here on the mercury.com, but this was going out all over the place today. All the dirt sheets had it going out everywhere. John Cena is actually about to be hosting a, an original series for Peacock called WWE Evil. Seems like what this show is going to do is focus on the heels in WWE. Uh, they're calling it a psychological expose, Mark. Into the, wow. uh, into the minds of WWE's most diabolical antagonists. They're saying, think Mark William Calloway's The Undertaker, along with delving into the minds of these figures. WWE Evil will also explore their history and impact on mainstream culture. So, while a lot of us think maybe, I mean, he may be coming back, he may have a few matches, but ultimately, it's to promote a new show for John Cena. So basically, his own just self-interest. Probably. Now, again, this is a WWE show. I'm sure this is all, you know, I'm done. Of course, this is all WWE related, but he's. it sounds to me like he's more coming back to basically promote this show. Like I said, he might have a couple of matches just to get it going, but uh, I'm sure this show will get mentioned. I don't see... Was there a start date that I missed? I don't see a start date right now. I'm genuinely a little bit curious if he'll plug his uh, little game show that he's doing, the Wipeout or whatever it is. Probably not for... You know, various reasons that being on the uh, TNT or TBS, I think it is. 
Yeah, I obviously see more commercials for that on uh, on, on AEW all the time. Mm-hmm. Speaking There's of commercials there. for AEW, have you seen this one that they show quite a bit, at least while I'm watching AEW, for a razor that shaves specifically sensitive areas? Bitch, fuck that goddamn Venus goddamn pubic hair commercial. I got a fucking eight-year-old watching this shit with me. <laughs> it's just, it's very, like, first off, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from with that, where it's like, that's a little personal for, like, 7, 8 p.m., you know, whatever. But at the same time, like, also, I would not trust a disposable razor to take care of such an important job, regardless <laughs> of how many, quote-unquote, scientists are in charge of this. That's that shit you have on during, like, Judge Judy and fucking People's Court and shit. Mm-hmm. Don't have that shit on during prime time, man. Fuck that shit. Hell no. Yeah, I caught that. Of course I did. Um, <laughs> Sasha Barry Corbin says that Cody probably uses the uh, pubic hair disposable <laughs> <laughs> to shave his vagina, presumably. Oh, shit. God, Christopher Kane says the manscape is the bomb. I, I do a little manscaping. I just don't need a Venus fucking razor blared in my child's eyes while she's shaving her private to privates. Right. Well, I think he's talking about the uh, the subscription service, Manscaped. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like they plug on those podcasts and YouTube videos and shit. I was there's been a couple of those that look kind of interesting. Like I want to I want to potentially try some of the uh, they got like subscription soap. Mm. It's like supposed to be marketed towards men, but. It, it's fucking soap. Anybody can use it who gives a shit. It just it looks interesting. Um, I thought most bar soap was marketed towards men. I don't think a lot of women use it. I mean, I use Irish Spring mainly. I use body wash primarily. Really? I'm not ashamed for a minute. Yeah. A I... little bit of, uh, it's like autumn. It's I primarily mm. shit that smells like coconut or apple. Stuff ah. like that. I don't like that stuff. It feels like it never comes off my skin. Right. Yeah. It, it, you got to get used to it because it, it feels like for the first time or two, it feels like there's a little bit of a foam, but you just kind of got to be kind of got to be a little bit. It's just a different process. You get used to it. Yeah. I prefer to just use my bar soap. Yeah, fair enough. I believe I've used Irish Spring. Ooh, long time. I'm gonna say teens. Since my teens, I've used that shit. Yeah, that's a safe way to go. Those, uh, those are usually remember, pretty quality. Remember the old commercial where the guy was cutting it with a knife? Irish Spring! Cut it with a knife. And, oh, good stuff. I can vaguely remember those. Yeah, it was good stuff. It was good stuff, man. But uh, yeah, I've used that forever. I've used the same deodorant for the past probably 25 years, too. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. If I find something that works and I like it, I stick with it as long as they make it. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame me. Don't blame me out, especially with that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just same shit all the time. The only thing I switch around is toothpaste because I hate mint toothpaste. So sometimes I just got to find whatever flavor they have that's not mint. Ah, okay. Yeah, I experiment with some of that too. I'll get like a cinnamon or an evergreen or whatever. Cinnamon is what I usually do. One time my wife yeah, got me. Cinnamon smells. My wife found this orange blast stuff she got me once. 
it was like orange mint. It was so awful. It burnt my mouth. I, I'm like, I can handle cinnamon, but this shit is burning my mouth. <laughs> right. Yeah, they, they can be they can be a little bit intense sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can handle friggin' orange Listerine, but mm. you know, whatever. Don't let the days go by Listerine. <laughs> Close. Um, That's right. I, it, I mean, close enough, I guess. Well, technically it is not right, but you, you know what I mean. Close enough. Close enough. Yeah. I'm surprised Weird Al Yankovic didn't make that song. <laughs> He's been a busy man. <laughs> Listerine. Oh. That'd be a perfect. That'd be great. That'd be great. All right. Let's... um. So Mark, you had a little tweet that you wanted to uh, to get into here. Once again, we're kind of ramping up to get into Raw real quick, and I guess we can do this little story. Talk. A, I don't have a lot of. Again, I got less notes on Raw than I do than I did on NXT. So, you got that one up? Sure. Yeah, we were talking. Well, we we had been talking about the NXT ratings, um, and NXT is sort of every, every show other than NXT has been doing good. Because this was uh, from old Daily Melts, and um, just from the tenth, it's nothing racist this time. <laughs> That's always good coming from old Daily Melts. Nice. But uh, it says in the last seven days, Raw was number one on cable. AEW was number one on Wednesday, and cable SmackDown was number one on network on Friday. People who say wrestling is dead must be looking at the evidence while standing on their heads. Oh snap! You tell them, Dave. Ooh, wow. Now. This guy down here. Do you think it can ever reach the viewership levels of the late 90s again? Shut up. Literally nothing can. For any number of reasons. Like, unless you're the fucking NFL or, you know, whatever. It's some big event in news or some big event in sports. Outside of that, no. Nothing can and nothing will. No. Too many, too many stations. Too many options. Too many services. Too many streaming services. Too many this. Too many that. No. Nope, not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. But um, you know, I, I I see what he's getting at here. This this isn't the reason people say wrestling is dead. And look at the shows. I mean, doesn't mention NXT, does he? And of course, I mean, why mention Impact? Um, but uh, right. it's you know, it, Raw. You got your habitual people who've been watching that show since 1993. AEW definitely that that show was worth them being number one 100% Smackdown dude they had throwback font night Mm -hmm. well of course that was a a big hit so two out of these three shows had a gimmick hook to them yes and Raw again Raw is what it is I'm what are you going to say again people have been watching that shit since 1993 and my God, it's Monday. What do I do on Mondays? Oh, robot. Go raw. Right. Yeah, there's been sort of kind of a theory more so than anything, especially with raw, that just a lot of people turn it on and then just have it on because it's familiar and comfortable and they do, you know, laundry or play video games or just do anything else other than watch raw. They'll occasionally glance at it if something catches their attention. I kind of think that's how most people watch Raw, perhaps wrestling in general, but Raw specifically. Yeah, I tried doing laundry. My dryer went out on me, the heating element. Anyway, just 
tack that on. That that seems fairly common. <laughs> that seems fairly common. Yeah, just That's happened to me on. before. Tack that on the shit I got to worry about. Um, and yeah, you live in the south. You get you some clothespins. You fucking you'll be all right. I hang it out outside. I would. It's been raining. My God. <laughs> yeah, that that is kind of counterproductive. That's water is wet. Tomorrow's yes, it is. Yes, it is. Very good, Smart. Water is wet. <laughs> sky. I got a gold star. Sky blue. No, yes. no, she wasn't on the show today. Oh. And on HBO Dark. Well, since we're going with bad jokes, you might as well talk about Raw at this point. Um, yeah. I think Raw was kind of Raw is becoming a bad joke. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll get this out of the way. Just one point eight million this week, right? So I just you know you're not alone if you watch this. There's a lot of people that suffered together. I want you to keep in mind that one point eight million people saw what we're about to tell you about. Yes, they did. So. Somehow now, okay, first thing I want to do is uh, just kind of go back a little bit. There was a quote that um, was going around, and apparently it's true, that WWE felt that the blood and guts match brought the business back 30 years, the wrestling business back 30 years. (laughs) Yes, yes, indeed. So... We get the first match. It's Charlotte. It's Shayna, Nia, Reginald's down there. It's Mandy and Dana. Mandy. Uh, and Asuka. So in the middle of the match, we get Alexa Bliss down there swinging away on the old uh, little, uh, you know, put together Alexa's playground. And she says, we're here to watch someone, me and Lily. Lily's on the other side. Mm-hmm. And then eventually Shayna gets in there with Dana. And she gets a horrible leg cramp. And Alexa just maniacally laughs after, you know, Asuka ended up pinning um, Shayna. I, 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 I <laughs> Again, that blood and guts match brought the wrestling business back. 30 years. Now, this was WWE officials saying that. I believe a lot of people in the company probably enjoyed that match, and that's the rumor going around is a lot of people in the company did enjoy that match, um, the Blood and Guts match. But they think it's really okay to do powers like this still. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's what made me laugh was like, hey, if it brought wrestling back 30 years, is wouldn't that be what you want? Like that would make you socially relevant again. Congratulations on that. And I think the more after I watch Raw, I think it was really more of a matter of it wasn't a statement of condemnation. It was more of they were jealous or impressed. Take your pick as to which one you would like to choose. Because it's like, well, shit, we've been trying to do that for years. Mm. You guys actually succeeded. That's been our goal this entire time. It just makes me laugh because it's like, all right, they said that this blood and guts match set wrestling back 30 years. And then you open your show with the only legitimate actual fighter in the match losing the ability to walk thanks to a demonically possessed doll. Yes, a doll. A very good, a demonically possessed doll and a weird girl. Um. Mm-hmm. 
who's slowly turning into Wednesday Adams. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is like literally, (laughs) that's kind of the ironic part is like, again, 30 years ago, fucking, this is very much reminiscent of the whole like Papa Shango ultimate warrior thing. Yeah, well, let's see who's going to throw up pea soup. Well, I mean, we've already had Alexa fucking dripping motor oil, as you said. Yes. Black gold, Texas tea. Well, the first thing mm-hmm. you know, old Jed's a millionaire. Ken folks said, hey, move away from there. Anyway. Um, I like it. So anyway, speaking of liking it, I know I'm a little late mm-hmm. on this. They've had it on a week or two now, but uh, I do like the New Day's little Mortal Kombat-inspired gear. Mm-hmm. I like that. I do. I really do like that. I Again, I know I'm late on mentioning it, but I figured I'd throw it out there anyway. Uh Pretty cool. Still, well, in that same it. vein, Ooh. what I liked in the in mentioning on the new day is I like how committed they are to the prospect. They brought it up a couple of weeks ago, and they are very much committed to this: the idea that you have to file actual paperwork in order to be an established tag team. Unlike that AJ and dastardly Omos who have not registered. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Unlike them, which is, which is great because you have like the whole idea is that Matt Riddle is very ecstatic to scoot on over to the New Day and tell him that he put in the paperwork. <laughs> so now that him and Orton are an actual team, which I I am so sad that they didn't like just they had they they need to kill time every week anyway. I am so sad that they didn't literally have him going to like a wrestling DMV and filling out doing paperwork, <laughs> waiting in line. Like you could have gotten two or three segments out of this dumb joke and i would have loved it no one else would have but i would have loved it he goes to the wrestling dmv first and they're like this is this is to this is to drive a wrestler no 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 (laughs) oh okay dude then the next week he goes to the the wwe tax office Right, the tag team tax office. No, no, no. This is to pay your dues, man. It's like, oh, fucking IRS is there. (laughs) (laughs) What did I do, bro? (laughs) That would actually have been awesome. You have fucking IRS there, and you have like they don't mention who it is, but you just have like Bray Wyatt walking around helping his dad out. (laughs) They could have brought Bo back for a quick segment. He just looks at you like he's been in this job for 50 years. <sighs> uh, like, you know, usual government worker. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we can go ahead and get to that since uh, we're already talking about it. But um, they were—they all did a little eight-man tag. Uh, RK Bro and New Day. And um, they were down there against AJ Omos and um, who else was it, Smart? It was AJ Omos, Riker, and Elias. Riker and Elias, that's right. And that great match, I thought it was really actually a fun match. Uh, Randy sneaks out a win, right? And then next thing you know, he just looks at New Day, who's in the ring celebrating, and he RKO's them both. And Riddle's, <laughs> Riddle had the best line of the night. How are we gonna have, ever going to have any friends if you keep doing stuff like this? And it's important to him. He's, he's built, burning these bridges. And then, but but the the sitcom look at the end, right after he said it was just like, oh, Randy. Mm-hmm. Ah, Another dinner party ruined. You silly Randy. 
I laughed at it, but it was it was really cheesy. But it was definitely the sitcom look, the the the, the sitcom ending to this match, definitely in my opinion. But uh, like I said, it was a good fun match to watch. Um, almost is just throwing people around. He's not really wrestling yet. Yeah, I mean that's not always such a bad thing. Like if he can actually be a somewhat competent wrestler when that time comes. Mm-hmm. That that's going to be the real that's going to be the real sort of measuring stick the barometer, but right now the first couple of matches is having him just chuck people around and hit the chops the punches the the big man moves sort of generic move set of a big man right. that works for now. Yeah, and it'll work for a while. So, all right, we'll uh, we'll go on from there. Let's talk about this little uh, mm, mm, mm. Sheamus and Humberto Carrillo were out there having a match. Um, Carrillo goes for a sunset flip on the outside of the ring and Sheamus lands on Carrillo's leg. You saw Carrillo try to get up. He couldn't. I thought I... But I don't see it. Give me a second. That doesn't mean I don't have it. That just means I don't see it. Well, well, while you look for that, he put out a tweet the next day that said last night was the first time I couldn't finish a match in my whole wrestling career. But when you push the limits, as I do, anything can happen in a split of second. This is not over, Seamus, until next time. There you go. Give me about uh, three seconds. Let me go to downloads. And I do have that audio. I will give you a split of second. I can't give you three seconds, but you can get a split of second. All right. Well, how about this? It's here. For real, though. Sunset. Oh, my God. That was a nasty landing. Sheamus landed hard, but also on top of the knees of Carrillo. It was a high-risk maneuver. Both men feeling the effects of this. Look at this. It was certainly ugly. Carrillo, look at that polygon. Sheamus held on long enough. This, this, okay, it was gutsy and it was risky by Carrillo. The official trying to make sure both these men are. Yeah, but let's look at this one more time. Carrillo might be injured. Look at this landing. Alberto Carrillo trying to pull oh. Sheamus, but watch the left knee. All the full weight of the United States champion crashing down on Alberto. The official. That's it. This That's is it. it. Wow. Okay, they call the match. They replay this a couple more times. Of course. I mean, once again, I said this a couple of weeks ago, Humberto Carrillo fans, I am one of them. I, I, I feel bad for us. I feel bad for you. This guy just came back from injury, got treated like shit. And now it looks like he's going to be out for a while. That did not look good. That literally all of Seamus's weight came down on his left knee. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Seamus is not a small guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> not at all. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I really feel bad for the guy. Looks like you I I'm I don't know. Obviously he didn't say in that tweet how long he's gonna be out, so but man, that looks like he's gonna be out for just a little while. Uh Christopher Kane, um, don't worry, we're getting there. We're getting there with the AEW and the Austin and the Kurt Angle comparisons 
Uh, <laughs> I knew they were coming. I knew they were a coming, Smark. Um, That's right. But anyway, uh, again, feel bad for Carrillo. Hope he's going to be back. And I hope when he comes back, I, I really feel he's a guy that can get over. But, Smart, you and I both know this is a company that loves their Spanish guys. They love the Latino stars. And they're always looking to find the next, I hate to put it this way, the next Rey Mysterio. And by that, I just mean the next big Latino star. I don't mean the next Flippy Dippy or the next character. I just mean the next Latino star that they can build. Not that they built Rey Mysterio, but you know what I mean, right? Well, yeah, I know, I know what you're getting at. We talked about it before, where they basically filter all you know, Latin talent through the prism of either them being Rey Mysterio or them being Eddie Guerrero. That's sort of their frame of reference. And I do agree with you that they are, you know, constantly looking for that star. But at the same time, it's kind of the thing to be worried about is the fact that they constantly keep looking means that they have fucked it up numerous times. Just ask Andrade and Angel Garza. So mm-hmm. they'll they'll probably try with him some more, but there's no guarantee that they'll actually be able to get him over or him or anyone else for that matter. I don't know, man. Again, I would like to see how a crowd reacted to him. So right. let's hope we get to see that soon. Maybe when he comes back, the crowds will be back, and maybe he'll come back to a huge ovation. That would be great to see. Yeah, that'd be nice. That would. That would be very nice to see. So I guess we'll see where we're at when he does come on back. Now, Smark, John Morrison, says he is the moist sea superstar because he's Johnny Drip Drip. Get it? Moist, drip, drip, moist. Indeed. Okay. That, that literally was how the joke fell for me and everyone else in the room, too. Priest was literally looking, like, confused. He's like, is this guy for real? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and just looks at the camera and be like, should we try again? I, you know, I got to tell you, there's times I feel bad for Damian Priest being in this storyline with Miz and Morrison, but... Miz does have a tendency to put guys over and make them pretty pretty well stars in the long run. You can't deny that. He's not a junk. We'll say to Morrison's credit, he is trying his very best with what they're giving him. Yes. Which is not saying a lot because they're not giving him a lot, but he is doing his best to be just a total goofball. No, oh, at least he's not going out there and saying suffering succotash yet. But, uh, hey, it's early. Um, anyway, Priest is back there with uh, Adam Pierce, and Adam Pierce has a deal for Miz and Morrison. He tells uh, Priest, tells him, listen, if John Morrison wins tonight, Miz, you get to pick the stipulation for our match at WrestleMania Backlash coming up Sunday. And if Damian Priest wins, he gets to pick the stipulation. Mm-hmm. So we get the match. Miz once again kind of cost Morrison the match. We're seeing this a little more. I got a feeling this team is going for slow burn out. Right. Because that, that was kind of the best part of that, that promo segment, which, as you established, doesn't mean a lot. But when Miz and Morrison were there with Piers, Morrison goes, you know, I, I would have won last week if it wasn't for, and he throws his hand up and points at Miz and Miz goes, you know, I can see your hand, right? <laughs> he's you like, know? 
And he, I, don't, I don't know what, what that was doing. Yeah. I don't know. Like, he's pointing with his thumb, like with his hand raised. It was pretty, it was pretty funny. Morrison is doing everything he can. And I, boy, must be tough having your wife there watching you every, I know, but look at, but hey, look, look, look at the check. Look at the check. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little surprised that they're not, you know, that, that they're not going to end up using them together. Because it seems like they could both benefit from that. I know that they've kind of worked together everywhere else they've been, and maybe they're just kind of tired of that. But like her character is a little bit comedic, his character is comedic. I think it could work. That could be where it's heading. That could be maybe why they're bringing, uh, breaking them up a little bit slowly, slowly breaking them up. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? But uh, once again, Priest did win the match. And it is a lumberjack match because he doesn't want the Miz to be able to run away from him. So I don't know, man. Uh, Steel Cage, uh, a lumberjack match. Does this? Okay, this is coming up Sunday. This was the go home show. When you hear Lumberjack match, did you literally just go, holy shit, now I have to watch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I slammed my money down on the desk. Oh, well. There goes my theory. I apologize, sir. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I get your point. That stuff always makes me laugh. Because you, you get these people that are like, okay, they get to choose the match, and some of them choose like this, like the matches that are supposed to be super duper violent, the Hell in the Cells or Last Man Standing or whatever. And it's just like a fucking lumberjack match. Okay, all right, well now, yeah, this that it, I'm sorry, this pay per view doesn't look good on paper. We'll obviously do predictions on. Friday, and do not expect us to do a live show. It is not worth my time or yours. Uh, <laughs> I'm being honest here, Smark, I believe. And I'm playing it. Ah, uh, shit. Well, really, I mean, let's be honest here. The last thing really to talk about on Raw is Jinder. Uh, Mahal returned. Damn. That's right. The Hall of Mahal is back. He returns with Veer and Shanky. Mm-hmm. Veer and Shanky. That's right. I did make sure I looked up those names to make sure I heard them correctly. I did. And uh, one of them is part of Indashir. Um It is the guy who did not spoil Keith Lee winning the, the NXT championship. Um, I got to admit, Veer, pretty intimidating looking guy. The other one... Got a little bit of a El Gigante look to him with long hair. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Like, oh. And you remember back in the day when the whole, the sort of uh, idea behind the NWO coming into WWE when he brought the three people in there. It was Hall, Nash, and uh, fucking other guy. I can't even remember his name. I don't I don't know why. Was it Xbox? I think it was Walt. Yeah, I think it was X-Pac. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyways, it's not important. No, no, it's Hall, Nash, and Hogan. 
Yes, you're right. You're Paul right, Nash right. and Hogan. There we go. I, I got there. It took a minute. Anyways, the point is, is that Vince was introducing the NWO as this lethal poison for reasons I can't remember. He wanted to kill his own company. And I feel like this, uh, the, you know, that was the kayfabe thing. I feel like this is like a shoot thing now where he literally is trying to kill his own company. Because it seems like they're just purposely trying to make Raw as bad as humanly possible. They they look at, they, they fire all these people and they look and they're like, all right, ratings keep slipping. What do we need? What do we need but we need eva marie and ginger mahal yes and we did get another eva marie on uh on monday night we did get another one of those looking good looking good looking good but that's probably about it um and you're right it almost is like they're just trying it, it's it's like they gave up again it's like they've got the hardcore viewers who are going to watch no matter what shit you shove down their throat so why bother at this point put the put a show together that's decent you know, and you know what? I know they say, oh, we're gearing these shows towards kids. I got to tell you something. I don't think kids are giving a shit about this show. <laughs> kids, kids love Jinder Mahal, huh? That, that's sort of the funny thing is they're like, all right, if you're booking this show towards kids, then why even Marie? Well, <laughs> certain kids are liking even Marie. Um <laughs> I mean that I can't, I can't say much. I mean I fucking grew up watching Sable, so it's not like it's really any better. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. But um, Smart as Jinder Mahal makes his return, one star rises, and another one is falling, and that looks like the star that is falling is Jeff Hardy's. Uh, I think we're seeing the uh, the the not even the beginning of the end. I think we're seeing the middle of the end for Jeff Hardy and WWE. Um, let's face it, uh, old Matt Hardy's calling him. He's calling him every day, probably. Jeff, when's that contract up, brother? Yeah, I've seen things already on, like, Facebook or whatever, Twitter, of him saying that they started their career together. Do you want to see us end our careers together? And it's like, yeah. Yes, I mean, I don't really care either way, honestly, but the, the recruitment pitch has begun. Meanwhile, we're not going to ever be able to see the Hardy Boys in AEW. Who knows what they would call themselves. But um, I would not mind seeing them back together, even doing separate. I would kill. I know everyone is going to just hate me for this statement because it could actually happen, and that would be even worse. Brooke and Matt Hardy and Willow together. Just... I like that. I'm down with that. Just two dudes who have lost their fucking minds. Two brothers. I could even see him feuding. Do you, I really feel the the fucking promos would be great. The match would be great. Oh, they could have a lot of fun with that one. Cinematic, crazy stuff between both of them. Oh, that would be a fun time right there. And again, don't hate me for saying that, everybody. I apologize. If it actually happens, I'm I'm gonna be the probably the only happy one about that. <laughs> it's hard to say because I mean when they were doing it in Impact, it was a lot of fun. But like that was also part of the reason why we started seeing more cinematic matches. So there's some people that still enjoy those, there's some people who have sort of reached their capacity with that. So it's hard to say how what their sort of reception would be. I'd be I'd be down for it, but like you said, it's hard to tell. Like not not everyone's going to be a fan. 
Yeah, of course not everyone's going to be. But who knows? It could be fun. We'll uh, we'll see what's going on with that. So, um, that is raw. Again, there's really not. I mean, if if I missed anything, Smark, throw it out there. If I didn't, we can uh, we can. Get into AEW and then finish up with a little bit. Finish up with the news, I guess. Uh, I mean, main event you had Lashley versus uh, Drew McIntyre, which was interrupted by a man who makes train noises. Again, AEW setting wrestling back thirty years. Um, I didn't even want to mention it. Uh, how many how many times have we seen Drew? And lastly, and now we get the guy that was called stupid two months ago and made to look like a fucking idiot. And I'm supposed to just jump back now and take this fucking guy seriously because he makes choo-choo fucking noises? Mm-hmm. It's a Stroman Express. That, so, so now I'm supposed to be like, oh, they didn't just literally call this guy a fucking dumb jock, idiot, moron. And I'm just supposed to forget all that. Shane made him look like an idiot. He really did. And now I'm just supposed to be like, hey, yeah, it never happened. I'm just, oh, where am I now? Yeah, no, sorry. He's still the idiot now because you made him that way. And I have no reason to think he's not. Mm Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right there. I think really, if you're looking for anything, you could just easily as easily just not watch the show. That'd be my recommendation. But if you're looking for anything good, the uh, Oscar Rhea Ripley match was pretty good. I enjoyed that. It was, um, and and it was pretty good. Could have been better. Charlotte's just fucking up everything again. I feel like they're making Rhea second fiddle. And, mm-hmm. she, and 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 that sucks because once again she has the championship and they're just completely overshadowing her run as champion with Charlotte, who's in multiple segments of show, and Rhea is out there trying her best to have good matches, but it's like she's out there just going, well, Charlotte's coming out to fuck this one up anyway, so why bother? But right, yeah, makes sense. I mean, it, it the one her and Oscar weren't having the greatest match, but they were having a good match. You're right. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. so I mean that was pretty yeah. much it. Feel bad for Rhea though, but uh, we'll see. Maybe that this has to come down to her beating Charlotte and getting her comeuppance, and hopefully they focus on her after that. Which you would think so. <laughs> just because it makes sense doesn't mean that's necessarily what's going to happen. We talked about this last mm-hmm. week where you said that. Uh, you thought that they would have a, uh, they would potentially have a spot ready, maybe a singles push for Cedric Alexander. He ended up losing to Shelton Benjamin this week. Yeah, so, I know. Logic doesn't always prevail. I mean, I was with no. you. It, it seemed like it was going to happen. It seemed like it would make sense, but logic doesn't always prevail. No, no, especially not on Raw. So, all right, go ahead and get an AEW. My notes aren't huge for AEW either, to be honest with you. Um, had a little bit of a hard time watching the first hour, but after that, it was smooth sailing for some reason. But uh, I had a little bit of a hard time watching the first hour for but for different reasons. Like my feed was fine; mm. it's just certain things happened in that first hour that I was none too happy about. But it opened up with a really good match, I thought. 
It did, and it was a really good match. Nothing spectacular really happened with uh, Moxley versus uh, Yuji Nagata. I mean, right. but I'll tell you, Nagata, talk about you still got it. The guy really did. I mean, I know he wasn't going out there to put on this fucking death match with Moxley. That's not what I was expecting at all. Good match again. Nothing spectacular. Not that I was expecting anything spectacular, but a very good match. I like the bow at the end to each other, the show of respect. And um, no complaints from me. Right. Unfortunately, we did not get Sonny on him. So that was that was the only real sort of negative, which I, I don't at all blame them for not wasting their time dealing mm. with somebody who seems extremely carny, even in a carny business. <laughs> but <laughs> it yeah. is what it is. Um, Eugene Nagato refers to himself as being like the oldest 43 year old man. <laughs> so just as sort of an example of how he feel, like how he feels in terms of what his body's been through mm. the last 20, 30 years. Cause I mean, he's, he was fucking on nitro wrestling. So he's been out there for a minute and he's, he's been through the ringer, but I, I thought it was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. It was, it was a little, it was a little bit on the short side, but it also didn't go on for longer than it needed to. So I think that the timing, the pacing was actually pretty good. I don't know if it was because I was using headphones or not, but it just seemed like the crowd was fucking hyped up for it yeah. it seemed like the crowd was really into it more so than even anything last week yeah yeah i didn't have head i did not have headphones on but um you probably heard what i didn't so but uh like i said definitely a good match right there um good start to the show show had a great a good start and a really a, a, a really good finish which i'm glad it finished that way we'll get into that in just a little while here um now smart inner circle wants a rematch we had uh Guevara, Santana, and Hager out there begging for, kind of asking, not begging, but asking for a rematch from Pinnacle. Mm -hmm. They said Santana had been detained for stabbing MJF with a fork. Yes. Notice they didn't say the word arrested. <laughs> yes, he is being held at a local legal facility. He is detained. He is detained, but Mention that because we're gonna have to get into something obviously in a little while here. Um, now, smart. I thought Hager did really good actually. I was kind of surprised because he's not necessarily known for being the best promo guy, but he had some passion tonight. No, but out of WWE, it's amazing what these people can do, isn't it? Mm hmm. It is amazing what these people can do. So, um, now, smart, I had messaged you that. I missed this whole Cody announcement, and from what you told me. I probably. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Okay, so, so again, we're talking about it. Starts off with the Moxley Eugene Nagata match, and I was hyped up for it. The crowd was hyped up for it. It was a good match, delivered. Everybody was excited. Everybody was having a good time, and then you hear those sort of famous last words coming up next: Cody Rhodes announcement for All In, and just <sighs> fucking deflated. So he comes out. And he cuts a promo that, like, even Hawk Hogan would think was a little bit too pandering. He's fucking Mr. America Cody Rhodes now. I think at one point he even said that he wanted to be referred to as the American Dream now, no longer the American Nightmare. Ugh, roll eyes. But anyway, so he comes out and he cuts this promo where he 
talks about how much he loves America and how he, he starts to cry because America is the place where he's his daughter is going to be born. So he ends up announcing that he's go that he challenges he's challenging Anthony Agogo to a piss break or a match. I, I look at it more as a piss piss break because that is what I will be doing. I am glad like we already got this solidified. I know when to get my popcorn, when to go to the bathroom. If I need mm-hmm, to like mm-hmm. do some dusting behind the television, I know Cody's got me covered. There you go. Oh, wow. I missed a lot here. Um, I do have 25 seconds of it that I found <laughs> that I, I, I can play. Let's I haven't heard it yet. Let's see what I got. Relates to you. Nothing on presentation's sake will be different. It comes from deep inside. As I said, at double or nothing, it will be Anthony Agogo versus the American dream, Cody Rhodes. Let's just milk daddy for everything he's got. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I, I mean, I shit you not. This was very much an '80s promo of like, this guy hates America. Boo him! I love America. Cheer me. Because at one point he said that you didn't move from England to, to chase the England dream. You want the American dream, and I am the American dream. And he literally started pretending to cry because he got all choked up at how this is where my wife is gonna give birth to my daughter, and we're gonna fucking do about eight segments of it on the show where we could be pushing people to, instead, but we're not going to and check out my reality show. It was terrible. Like, it just... I feel like at some point we need to just reach out to him because he comes in and every week he, he says it and every week it's right. We just need an audio drop of Christopher Kane saying Cody's sucking his own dick again because that, <laughs> that just will forever be true and pertinent to every fucking episode of Dynamite. It is pretty much what is happening and has been happening and and does happen and will happen on WWE Dynamite or I'm sorry AEW Dynamite and well getting close. Um But okay, so I didn't miss much here is what I'm what I'm hearing. <laughs> no. No you did not. Okay. Okay, there you go. So, you know what? We could tie something into that real quick though. The uh, Anthony Agogo actually doesn't say who he was speaking with, but he was on a uh, a podcast and said, here's exactly what he said right here. The former Olympic boxing bronze medalist Anthony Agogo himself admitted that his career in AEW is on borrowed time due to a serious eye condition. Now, I didn't know about, I didn't, I didn't know about this and I hadn't heard about it, so here we go. He says, I'm essentially blind in my left eye, said Agogo. I haven't got great vision from the left side, which is why I can't box anymore. Unfortunately, I'm 78% blind in my left eye. It's rubbish. There are a lot of things I can't do in wrestling now, but what I am going to do, or, or what am I going to do? Sulk the rest of my life? I refuse to do that. I'm not letting this injury take away a chance to be happy and successful. I'm probably, uh, I'm probably one big shot from my left eye being totally blind. Hopefully it doesn't come. However, Ogogo hasn't told any of his fellow wrestlers to give him special treatment or avoid his eye, saying, no, it's up to me to not get hit in the eye. I'll be protecting it like my life depends on it. Now, this makes sense for one thing. When he came up to Cody last week and punched him in the gut, 
he walked up way on his, and it was the right side peripheral he walked up on it was Cody's it, it was it would you know it was Cody's right side also so that makes sense mm-hmm. he walked he was using his right eye which is why he uses the right hand and that makes sense now because he couldn't have if he it would have been dangerous if he used his left eye because he couldn't see out of it he might have actually might have actually hit Cody and hurt him the American dream and we wouldn't want that you would never want to hurt the American <laughs> dream but um listen I hope he never gets hit I hope it never comes to that either but uh I now could see AEW making a storyline of this Potentially. There was a, um, it's not exactly the same, but there was a legally blind professional wrestler named Fast Eddie that was on the Ring of Honor, like the independent scene, but early to mid 2000s, he was on Ring of Honor a couple of times. I think he was on CZW a little bit too. So it's not unprecedented, but it's very interesting. There you go. All right. And real quick before we get back to AEW, let's just say one thing. Ricky Starks hurt his neck. Looks like he's going to be out for a little while. Um, They're saying not that long. It's a fractured neck, so probably a month or two, or what is it, three to four months, they're saying? Yeah, I was hearing it was speculated at three months. Yeah, which, just a fractured neck, I guess that could be it. I would say three or four months, maybe. I guess they'll probably check him. Hopefully they'll give him a little wellness check after that but uh man another guy just getting out just getting up there just getting going and bam but uh three to four months shouldn't be bad he should be okay yeah somebody pointed out it was kind of interesting it's a little bit of an irony to it that you know he's a part of team taz and he had a neck injury that was kind of what ended up ultimately sidelining taz and ending his career so hopefully it doesn't quite get to that extreme very true, and hopefully it does not get to that extreme. But uh, you're right; that is what ended up taking out Taz. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with him, and hopefully he's back sooner than later. Maybe we'll get to see Hook in the ring a little more and see what happens with him. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I'm just thinking maybe with uh, you know, it might be a little opportunity for him to get in the ring a little bit and show what he can do. So we'll find that out. But uh, after all that, we had SCU versus the Young Bucks. Really got to say, what a hell of a match. Really was a good match. Um, and I'm the guy that usually says one Young Bucks match is the same, but I really think Daniels and Kazarian, Daniels mainly made this match. And he was bleeding all over the fucking place. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen Daniels fuck up a move, but he fucked up a moonsault tonight. Mm-hmm. Ironically, the best moonsault ever. Ironically, named the best moonsault ever. I thought it was kind of stupid with the Bucks making fun of the whole HBK Ric Flair retirement spot with the whole I love you and the super kick. And I thought that was a little ridiculous. You, they, they really got to stop taking shots like this. I think it's that eventually it just becomes petty, vindictive and childish. Right. I, I don't know if it was so much as intended as a, a shot at WWE as much as it is just them trying to get heel heat by like mocking old wrestling stuff. Just sort of like kind of how we were talking about before, like kind of stuff they would do in New Japan. Like, I, I also agree with you that I, I thought it was corny, too. I'm not sticking up for it in the sense that I liked it. 
but I don't, I don't necessarily think there's any sort of attempt to attack WWE with this one. I think it was just them trying to be cool heels and it not working. It still comes off as childish, petty, and vindictive to me, but meh, what the hell. Now, Smark, I, Fair do, enough. I do say they got new shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe those are called Bread Air Jordans. Mm, BR- interesting. BR- I, I did not look it up for, before the show, so I cannot help on this one. B R E D Air Jordans are what those are called. So I guess they're in the more expensive shoes. But uh, Kazarian and Daniels did not come out victorious in this match. It was uh, the Young Bucks, of course, because it's the Young Bucks. Um, and uh, again, Daniels was bleeding all over the place from his. It looked like his eye more than his forehead, but. Man, he was bleeding all over the place. Uh, I believe it was Matt was covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did not win, which means uh, Daniels and Kazarian will not be a tag team anymore. We'll see what happens with that. I don't know about that. But Daniels is a badass. I don't give a shit. He's a badass either way. He may be wanting to hang it up, man. About time. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, that, that, that is an important thing to kind of key on is that it... It was not the end. It was not for the end of their career. It was for their end as a run as a tag team. Right. The end of the run as a tag team. So they can still wrestle for however long they choose to wrestle for, but right. they just can't team up again. And I mean, they're both kind of getting up there in the years. So I could I could see Daniels or Kazarian, even for that matter, retiring next couple of years. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this actually is the end of their run as a team. It was kind of interesting, though. Like, uh, to point it out by, I believe, Christopher Kane in the chat, Frankie Kazarian at one point used the Styles Clash, so it was kind of cool that they were sort of bringing up the homage to some of the older feuds that they've had, you know, because Daniels and Kazarian both had quite a few, you know, lengthy feud with AJ and yeah. TNA, so that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely, man. But, um, yeah, great, like I said, really good match on one that always says Young Bucks matches are Young Bucks matches, but, man, those four went out there and put on a a really good fucking match, in my opinion. Um, and for some reason after that, Moxley and Kingston were tearing up the Elite's locker room. They really just said, well, as to what just happened out here. And it's like, what? They they won. And uh, they didn't win. They won nefariously. No, they won clean. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, but that's what they, they tried to make it seem like on commentary, though. Uh, it's like after what just happened. That they were trying to get their come up, and they they didn't point out the fact that they basically jumped them at you know last week, right? Which would have been more logical as to why they were breaking up Dang. their locker room. But it is what it is. You you did see them at one point. At one point, Kingston held up a Jacksonville Jaguars helmet and said, "I'm more of a Giants fan," and chucked it against the wall. <laughs> so that was that was the highlight for me. <laughs> there was your heat for the night. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we get Christian back there. He's doing a little interview. He makes a, a buffet joke about Taz. Um, Matt Seidel comes up and says he'll be facing Christian next week. He signed some open contract and blah, blah, blah. Christian versus Matt Seidel next week. <laughs> Hall, Hall of Fame worthy. Hall of Fame worthy. I'm just going to say that and let that sit out there in the ether. Hall of Fame worthy signing. Outwork everyone. Yep. Outwork everyone. Three times so far. Three matches, three months. Once a month, I'll outwork everyone. <laughs> Once a month. 
Once a month, I can do this once a month. I can outwork everyone once a month. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm the John Cena of work working once a month. There you go. Oh, fuck it. Speaking of speaking of actually going out there and outworking everybody, Orange Cassidy versus Pack. Oh man. Yes. I like this match, man. The winner of this match is gonna face Kenny Omega. Um, Orange Cassidy with the quick pin attempt. Man, he can really go when he wants to. He can just fucking turn it on and turn it right back off. Mm-hmm. And turn it right back yeah. off, man. I love it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just saying, I just really enjoyed it. Kind of was one of the longer matches of the night. It spanned, I believe, two different commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. So that was it was pretty cool. They gave him a lot of time to work before they did the fuckery towards the end because there was. As I said, some fuckery towards the end. You had Kenny Omega getting involved. He ended up costing them, or it was ended up being a double count out because Pac and Orange Cassidy weren't responding to the referee's count. So you have Omega celebrating as though he were not going to have to defend the title at all. Then Tony Schiavone comes out and he says that he has to put the title on the line against Sting. No, <laughs> he says it's going to be a triple threat match. So there you go. You're going to have Orange Cassidy. You're going to have Pag, and you're going to have Kenny Omega at all or nothing. Double. That's right, double or nothing, yes. And according to Dave Meltzer, that was always the plan, so they didn't switch um, anything around. Well, to be honest with you, that's going to be one fucking hell of a match. Yeah, I see, that's the thing, is I was seeing people that were complaining about, you know, oh, God, fucking another triple threat match. And I get I get the sentiment, because this happened, we, we get triple threat match after triple threat match after triple threat match, but that's WWE. It's like you kind of you can't necessarily punish AEW for WWE being over reliant on triple threat title matches. Like there have been good triple threat title matches in, in the past, you know, like the uh, fucking the run at WrestleMania with uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and Stephen Richards. Um, <laughs> and then you got the one in TNA, you know, the AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, appropriately right. enough. That was a really good one. So like just because we see a shitload of them in WWE doesn't mean that they on an AEW is going to be bad if they give them time and they build it the right way it can be good well we've just seen so many in WWE lately it's kind of yes. been it's kind of been Adam Pierce's thing so right. but but this match here I mean, you got three really fucking good guys coming out here and had this is going to be a good match you got three guys who can fucking go and mm-hmm. uh I'm looking forward to this shit I'm looking forward to this match, to be honest with you. Uh, I liked Omega throwing a tantrum over the over the news, but um, looking very, very, like I said, looking forward to this match. It's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. It should steal the show, Smart. So, yeah. all right. After that, we get the coronation, the coronation of the pinnacle, Smart. This is what Christopher Kane was talking about earlier. MJF, he comes out with a crown. I was really hoping he was making fun of of uh, Baron Corbin there. I in 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 my opinion, he was taking a shot at Baron Corbin. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Oh, okay. Deal with it. In the eyes of some, Dem's fighting words. Not me. I'm I'm too lazy to fight. But uh, I don't know how old SBC is going to take this. And he's already been having a pretty tough day from what I've been seeing in the chat room. There's some plumbing issues and uh, there's a, there was a stolen food item. So, I mean, you might be raring to go. You might have made yourself an enemy tonight. 
Yeah, well, see what you can do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Tully gives all the pinnacle new watches. I think he said they were Rift watches. I've never heard of them, to be honest with you. Um, I have. It's one of those things. It's like a startup company. These two kids that went to college together, they're like, hey, what if we overcharge people for watches? And there you go. All right. All right, kind of like the uh, the Vincenzo watches and all those new ones that have been coming out lately. Okay, okay. Yeah, they advertise it on podcasts quite a bit back in the day. Yeah, they still do. Yeah, that's I true. I still hear it. I still hear it. Now, uh, after that, we get a horn. We keep hearing the horn, and we see Inner Circle pull up on a Polaris, and they've got something on the back that says, a little bit of the bubbly. And it yeah. looks like they've got a cannon on top of it, Smark. Now, what could this possibly be leading up to? Well, I don't know. I mean, it looks like I've seen this before, but it doesn't look exactly like I've seen it before. Now, Jericho pops out. He's got his arm in a brace and a cast. Uh, he asks once again for a rematch. MJF says, no. He goes, once again? MJF says, no. And Sammy Guevara Turns on the cannon. It is a champagne cannon, Smark. Mm-hmm. And boy, as soon as I typed, here come the Steve Austin and Kurt Angle comparisons, I swear I turned on social media, and that's exactly what I got. Now, listen, I know that it definitely did seem like they were copying, and maybe that's what they had in mind, but how many original angles are there anymore in wrestling. Even WWE copied themselves to try to remake it with Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, with the Kurt Angle thing, they've even dumped poop on people to try to recreate that kind of, you know, buzz and it just didn't work, but it was still funny. Right. Yeah, I don't mind it. I Yeah, we've seen it a billion times elsewhere. It was the first time it happened in AEW. So, I mean, that's kind of something to keep in mind, I suppose. But And it's like, it's not a huge thing. It is one promo in the process of a build that is, you know, for the next couple of weeks, because it's not until the end of the month that the pay-per-view is since last Sunday. So there's still time. And then also not to overlook the fact that, you had, you know, a pretty intense promo from the inner circle at the beginning of the show and at the end of the segment you had right. MJF sort of throwing down the gauntlet of if you do not win, you have to disband. Exactly. So that you know, it was more than just zany hijinks that some people aren't going to enjoy and some people might. I mean, like, it wasn't super hilarious. I did enjoy Tony Schiavone, like, having to, and as he should, it's his job as a commentator, but he was he was putting it over, and his fake laughter was causing real laughter for me because he was going, oh, 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 that's so outrageous. And I was just like, I was fucking laughing myself from how hard he was trying to sell this. This is what everyone fucks with Tony. Tony tries to oversell everything. Oh, you mean he tries to do his job well? My God, back off the guy. <laughs> Because, I mean, I love Salty JR, but also, like, somebody needs to say nice things about what's going on, too. Eventually. You're right. Someone's got to put the shit over. And it is going to be another stadium stampede match, so uh, look for it to definitely outdo last year's match. Um, But uh, Mm -hmm. this was good. Now, I see something that Christopher Kane put up here, and I hate to disagree with him, but I kind of got to. (laughs) Is it it about Jade Cargill looking like she gives mediocre handjobs? No. Are you kidding? That talk about a kung, kung fu grip right there. Uh, look, look at the muscles on that. She fucking 
probably lose circulation. Um, he says Darby Allen beats Miro TNT title loss credit. I don't think so. Um, I got to be honest. I think it would have lost more credit if Darby won that match the way it was going, the way this feud was brought. Um, I know Darby Allen was trying to be the underdog in this match, and he was. He definitely, you know, I mean, Miro beat the shit out of him from start to finish. Yeah, I like I said, I know Darby got it, but I think it actually would have lost more credit if you had Darby Allen win it after that beating. I don't know if you agree with me, Smart, but that's where I'm at with it. Well, and I mean, you also had the the whole idea of him going coming into the match being injured, based on you know the whole fall down the stairs that happened last week. They right. they did mention that. I was I was kind of curious to see where they were going because I I got distracted. It was a sign of a, it being a good match, and I mean distracted in the sense that I was so like just kind of caught up in watching it that I wasn't really keeping track of the time. So I looked at the time and it was already, you know, it was one minute left in the hour before they're about ready to go. And they were still wrestling. So I was like, Hmm, cause it, there was some potential of like, well, how are they going to do this? Cause the, they want to keep Darby looking strong, but you also don't want to make Miro look like a complete chump. So there was kind of the, the, the possibility being floated about that, you know, maybe you do the time limit draw thing. So I was thinking maybe that that's where they were going to go. But then at the very end, you did have Miro, you know, winning with the submission. But um, I think it was the right call. I mean, you had Darby Allen. He defended it. They said nine times. They said he was on like a 14 match, I believe, winning streak. So they put over how hot he was and how many matches he's won. But at the same time, you know, you brought Miro in with, that, for, with the idea that he was supposed to make a, no pun intended, impact. Mm-hmm. And... He kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. Like the kind of stuff that he was doing with Kip was very underwhelming. But then they started, you know, rehabilitating his image. They started trying to make him more of a monster, killer, murderer type guy. Like Christopher Kane saying, he, he believes Miro should have just murdered him. That's one way to look at it. But, you know, they, they were putting him out there as sort of supposed to be a world beater. And I think now would have been the time more than ever to pull the trigger. Because if you have him lose, you completely derail his momentum. Whereas Darby. There is plenty of reason as to why he would have lost without making him look like a chump. I think they preserved his credibility, too. Yeah, and I think Miro basically did murder the guy. I mean, that fucking, you know, finishing movie put him in, the, the submission, he bent him all the way back. He threw him into the ropes at one point with a suplex. He bounced him off the goddamn um, the barricade at one point and just dropped him on his head. You know, when he had him in like a... Like, almost like a white noise with Seamus's move and then just dumped him on his head. I was like, Jesus Christ, he's going to kill this fucking guy. But, you know, I I, I kind of thought the match was really good. I thought it was the right call to have Miro win. Um, I, I got to tell you, I think actually Darby getting... and I, I do agree, though. Darby shouldn't have got in as much offense as he did. I will agree with that if that's where Christopher Kane was going with that. Darby should not have gotten all that offense. Miro should not have had to sell some of those moves the way he did. That I'll agree with. But again, I think after the beating Darby took, the underdog story would have been great, except there was too much of a beating here. Right. Yeah, was, you, yeah. you couldn't have had him win clear out. You could have, you know, either the best case scenario for him was that you could have had him, you know, time limit draw. 
Right. So that way neither one looks bad. But I am totally fine with them putting the belt on him. I think it's it, it's time. And I think, you know, he's going to get a nice run out of it. And he's going to start kind of getting closer to what it was that people were expecting him to do when he was signed in the first place. Not only, I mean, even back to when they had him in WWE coming out as this fucking killer. And the next thing you know, he's out there, you know, making jokes and shit like that. So really, this is what we've always wanted him to be. Hopefully he can keep it up and I hope he doesn't start with all the comedy and jokes and stuff like that. Not yet. They need to leave him like this, but um, we will see. Next week will be a telltale sign of that. But um, like I said, I, I, I really thought I enjoyed that match. I thought that uh, it was the right call. I, I think it was the right call. I, I Once again, I think the title would have lost credit if Darby won. More credit if Darby won that match. So hate to disagree with you. But I do, oops, excuse me, but I do on that point. Didn't mean to tap my mic there. Hell. No worries. Now, a hell of an interview with Britt Baker and Jim Ross here. These two actually have some good chemistry together. Yes. I like this. I like this. Britt Baker was pretty badass. I know this was pre-tape, but Britt Baker, again, I wasn't a fan of hers when she first came into AEW. Been growing on me. Really has become a great talker i thought her promos before were awful but i think they're really she's definitely come in to her own and i'm loving the promos i'm loving everything she's doing she is just becoming a badass mm-hmm. and uh i'm liking it but that was a great interview so man i guess i mean we Jumped ahead there, so really, I mean, we had the the Thunder Rosa versus Jasmine Allure match. Now, I don't know about you, but did Jasmine Allure remind you a little bit of AJ Lee? Huh, that's interesting. I I didn't get that from watching it, but I I could see how you can make that comparison. Yeah, just saying that I could kind of see that a little bit. Yeah. Well, if you turn her name around, it's you know her initials are J A. You turn it around, it's A J. So whatever. Hmm. I learned something interesting about uh, Relic a while back. Really? Yeah. And I, from what I understand, his name backwards spells killer. Really? I learned something about Lana a while back. Hmm. Backwards, that spells anal. Okay. And Naomi spells I moan. I'm telling you, man, WWE, is, they're, they're going to get into porn one day. They got I moan and anal. My God, they're both. Man, this and, is leading and to what I think this is leading to. That was an excellent segue. They're in a team together. <laughs> well, I mean, you're talking about doing porn, so like, well, this, a better you know. lead in to a potential story because we were we, we had been talking about it, and I, I'm I'm sad that I don't have it exactly brought up. But as I dig it up, there has been a development. We've talked about her in the past. Apparently, we, we were both surprised to discover that she is Canadian and that she is in need of a green card. Is one Chelsea Green, and she has has she has an interesting idea as to how she could go about obtaining this green card. She this is from the New York Post. It says Chelsea Green wants to model for Playboy after WWE release. Chelsea Green's post WWE plans include modeling and acting. And I feel like there should be like kind of air quotes in front of both of those. But anyways, following her release from WWE last month, which included a number of other wrestlers, Green said she is vying 
For a model gig with Playboy, I have a bucket list of things I want to do right now. I'm trying to work at making contacts in Playboy to hopefully do that. The 30-year-old told Metro UK in an interview published on Monday, though Green isn't limiting her talents to just modeling. Quote, definitely I want to be killed in a horror movie. I've always wanted that. I always found it so hilarious where you see the girl running and they always trip and fall, then they get killed, she explains. Well, I would like to see her in Playboy also. Um, now, she does host a weekly podcast called Fifty Shades of Green, which I got a feeling this girl's into some fun stuff. I believe Zach Ryder's probably a very tired man. Um, but I wouldn't mind uh, I wouldn't mind seeing her in, uh, in Playboy either, to be honest with you. <laughs> There's just like giant like spots on the mattress from like where the hair, the fake hair, is rubbing up against the bed sheet. Just a room with a sex swing in it. Mm-hmm. I will contest that Fifty Shades of Green is a better name for a podcast than Oral Sessions. Uh, put them together. You might have a great podcast there. Um, <laughs> We're talking about, about a podcasting network at this point. Absolutely. You could definitely have the Fifty Shades of Green Oral Sessions. I mean, that's just... That's like a... That sounds like a party name right there. Mm-hmm. A crossover episode, if you will. There you go. <laughs> there you go, man. So, mm-hmm. all right. But yeah, I uh, I wouldn't mind that either, to be honest with you. It's, uh, these pictures I'm looking at on the link you sent me are... Um... Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, mind I mean, that's that. basically yeah. half of the shit that she posts on Instagram anyway. Is like she's essentially half naked just all the time, perpetually anyway. So uh, either that if she does the Playboy thing, or like, why not just like kind of kill two birds with one stone? You said you want to be in a horror movie. I mean, that's kind of plum perfect for that kind of situation of just you, you know, you whip them all, whip them on out, and then you, you get stabbed. That's that's one way to do it. That is one way to do it. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Got two little, uh, again, we've got the uh, Nick Gage thing coming out uh, tomorrow, actually. And uh, I got two little preview clips, but this is, I'm definitely going to have to watch this one, man, because I, I got to see what what Nick Gage does, because just the preview clips definitely make you want to watch. Here, I got one right here. Well, one is 30 seconds, one's a minute and 21. So let's do the 30 second one real quick. I love what I do, and I'm the best motherfucker in the world doing it. When that bell rings, it's real than it gains. This is gonna be a fight. Oh! He takes a pizza cutter and puts it in my mouth. Like his it across my mouth. He's willing and ready to die in the ring if that's what it comes to. Put that fucking camera. Dark side of the ring. Okay, and Gage did die in the ring once, by the way. Mm-hmm. He sure did. Yeah, they had to like perform or kickstart his heart, essentially, like the old Motley Crue song. Yeah, <laughs> kickstart my heart. Exactly, exactly. They did so. <clears throat> that is a more true statement for anyone than you will ever know, because he did once die in the ring. So uh, definitely a true statement. Once again, this is going to be a good one. I mean, it starts out right there. First thing, I'm the baddest motherfucker at this, and I'm the. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And to continue, mm-hmm. one minute, 21 seconds, the second trailer. I need a money, man, and I'm freezing. And 
everybody's kicking me out, so let me go get mine. So I'm walking down the street and I see this bank and I look around and I'm like, ah, and I, and I, and I, and I left, I pussied out. So I'm walking down the street like, motherfucker, man, you fucking pussy, man. So I showed up at the next bank and I went right in that bitch, man. I wrote the note, handed it to her. I have a gun, give me all your money. Hurry the fuck up. <laughs> I had to lose my temper a little, you know, just thinking too long. She handed me the money, and I ran all the way to my boy's house, man. My front door opened. He just walked into my kitchen and dropped a bunch of money on my kitchen counter. And I was like, you know, what is that? He said to me, I just robbed a drug dealer. And then I looked at the money, and we're talking brand new, crisp $20 bills. And I said, did you just rob a bank? And that is what he did. So looks like Cage is going to get into a lot of the things. There's even parts in there about him being homeless and everything. So he's going to get into a lot of uh, deep parts in his life and kind of dig into some of those memories. I'm sure he doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a very interesting story. I'm looking forward to it. That That is tomorrow, of course, as we said. Um, but yeah, just the whole idea of like, I remember when it happened and there was just a lot of people like <laughs> that were making fun of him for just how stupid he was to do that. But then, you know, like we're going to get a little bit more as to why exactly it was that he did that. And, you know, the decision-making process behind all of that. And, and the thing that's really sort of interesting about that is, you know, you go from doing this one thing that was, that was, you know, dumb and regrettable making this bad decision. And, you know, there's a lot of people in wrestling and in life in general that have made really dumb decisions at one point or another. Hmm. And, you know, in the case of like we talk about Teddy Hart all the time of just there's some people continue to do bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Gage, on the other hand, he at least, you know, learned from his mistake. And it was it's very interesting just seeing him going from essentially, you know, a laughing stock or a punchline at one point to being the biggest name on the indies at the moment. Like, like you know, like we were talking about before, the GCW show during spring break, the Joey Janela spring break during WrestleMania weekend is what I meant to say. You had John Moxley come in the ring, you know, get face-to-face, and there were people who were booing John Moxley in favor of Nick Gage. And, like, right. John Moxley is, like, the biggest star in fucking, you know, American wrestling at the moment. You know, you fucking all these Observer Awards, PWI, number one. We both said he was the best wrestler last year. Like, just... You know, almost universal acclaim, one of the hottest names in the world right now. And he has such a loyal fan base, does Nick Gage, that there are people that were booing him to, you know, chanting fuck you at him, flipping him off, that kind of thing. Like, I'm not one of the, you know, one of these MDK type fans that are super, you know, devotees of the man, but I, I do find it impressive that he's managed to build such a strong, reliable, dependable fan base. Dude, well, I mean, watch when he goes to the ring. Everybody wants to hug this guy, they grab him. He's. Dr- when he when he leaves the ring, he's a blood covered mess, and they still want to hug him. Right, and it's like, no, don't touch him. He's bloody as hell. Ew, ew. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> ew. Oh yeah. But uh, we still. I mean, we got the Nick Gage one coming up, and then the um, <coughs> excuse me, the next week we got the Collision in Korea. 
after that, the Ultimate Warrior, and uh, the June third one. This one's going to be the hardest one to watch, I think. The Grizzly Smith and his family, the Jake Roberts, Sam Houston, Rocket Robin. Um, just, yeah. just the stories of how Rock and Robin was conceived are bad enough. Um, so this is going to be a horrible one. I mean, we saw a bunch of this already, some of this stuff already on the uh, Beyond the Mat, but I believe they're going to dig a little deeper into this, and that's going to be a hard one. And the Dynamite Kid one, uh, going to be another hard one to watch because it's going to be a hard one to sensationalize. He was pretty much a piece of shit, so, mm-hmm. you know, going to be a tough one, but, uh, you know, we still got a, the second half, which we'll get into the second half, you know, another time. We don't need to get into it now. We're far away from it. But um, I got to be honest, that's about all I've got here, Smark. Mm-hmm. I believe that's it for me as well. We had a pretty, pretty diverse list of topics tonight. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Got into a little news first, jumped into a little wrestling, got back into some news, just kind of jumped around a little bit. Kind of like to jump around. It kind of helps the ADD. Um, yeah. yeah, so there we go. And I guess with that, we will go ahead and wrap this show up. Let me pull the plugs back up one more time. And of course, if we're wrapping up, that means I'm talking about the high marks. That's right. Cheese Man Mojo and G Wiz. I want you guys checking them out. Where are you going to check them out? You're going to go to mixer.com slash metal mitt network. That's right. No stammer, no stutter. Metal mitt network. Put two T's in it. When you go, they are on Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Check them out. And, of course, Bobby Anthem, Bobby Blades, the Inhumans over there on the Inhuman Experience. Definitely want to go over there. Subscribe to those guys on Apple. Anywhere you find good podcasts, you will find them. Check them out. And, of course, the Everything Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Eric, Doug, and Daniel, check out those guys. Great guys over there. Always having a good time. Check them out over there on all the usual podcast platforms and Blog Talk Radio. And Stephen Milan, really appreciate you sharing this show every week, man. It really helps us out. Find him over there reviewing films, letterboxd, POXD.com slash Stephen Milan. And you put two L's in Milan. And of course, if you want to find us, you know where to go. You can go to YouTube, you can go to Anchor, you can go to Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, Player FM, everywhere you get good podcasts. Let her rip smart. Uh, absolutely. Of course, real quick here, I'd just like to say thank you to everybody who joined us in the chat room tonight. We had a pretty active chat, so if you joined us tonight or the last couple of weeks, a big thank you. We always appreciate it. We appreciate those who download as well, check out the archives, that kind of thing. Always appreciate it. But always be sure to check out Mondays 8.30 on the Middle Night Podcast Network on the Mixler Machine. Cheese on Sports with the Cheese Man, the Cheese Master. Sundays, 10.30 a.m. on the Metal Mid Podcast Network. Be sure to listen to the Motor City Machine Guns with Mojo and Dirk and Blast. However, never, ever least. Be sure to check out our friends at Planet Raccoon Tool. It's the Planet Raccoon Tour podcast with Bobby Anthony, Papa Dave, Sincere, and Yuck Nasty. All 16 episodes are available for your listening pleasure. And be sure to subscribe for season two. There you go. And as Smart said, chat room, much appreciated. Downloaders, you know you're appreciated too. And on that note, we will be here Friday night. You guys have a nice little couple days. Friday's coming up, and we will uh, be back then. See ya!
take your drunken ass home. It's all right.